Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Bum, bum, ba-da! It's and that's why we drink. And for us, it, this is the first episode of 2024. Maybe not for your ears, but for our mouths. And uh, New Year, new us. Just kidding. Worse us. Well, well I guess new, but it'll just be worse. <laughs> new and not improved. Um, new and more disappointing than ever. <laughs> side note, M. Um, when you tested your mic, you talked normal, and then when we started the episode, you started shouting. So it is pretty damn loud. I don't know if huh. I think you're blowing out the audio levels, which again, new and the same. Bum bum bada. Wow, that's so much better. Okay, is it better? Okay, well, M apparently had to lower their volume to almost zero to get it to be like listenable. So I hope it actually works. <laughs> for you folks we're still how many this is like our seven we're almost seven years in here and we're still just not able to fucking do a podcast seven years in i'm just amazed that i'm still so fucking loud i really (laughs) well that part doesn't surprise me but the rest maybe a little bit i thought we would have learned um okay well trying that again happy 2024 christine (laughs) yes Uh, same to you my friend how are you I apparently I'm louder than ever, so I'm <laughs> doing good. Uh, we have to be on a stage in like a casual 10 days, nine cool. days, actually. Cool. cool. Um, my gut is non-existent. She has left the building. She vacated the premises. Yeah, she's um, carpet bagged her way up to the north. I, I truly, if I think long enough about it, I will throw up. So I know. I actually, you're making me really nauseated, and um, I'd like you to stop. Speaking of nauseated, you seem 
a little there i've been told that i really need to ask you why you drink and it sounded so stressful i'm just you know when you're as em calls it what less light minty beat yeah 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 um now i'm like on the verge of crying like what is wrong oh, with me oh my god i'm oh like having a, one of those weeks where i'm just like questioning my entire I, you know maybe not identity but like self-worth and um oh shit yeah okay. yeah well so i um i lost my wallet again um girl well on a <laughs> see even trip. your own wallet doesn't want you to know who you are i know in a gas station your ID away. yeah um just vanished um had a, a little menti B because um, I just was like, why am I like this? And this was probably the fifth time in the last few months. No, in the last year. It was like the fifth time of 2023 that I like fully lost something important. Like I had just gotten a brand new license because I had lost the one before that. And then I had gotten a new passport because I lost the one before that. So it was like probably the fifth time I've lost something like incredibly important um, in that just in that year. And I had a slight like meltdown and was like, why am I like, <laughs> I was on the floor of my car, like looking for my wallet. Um, <laughs> and I had a slight, uh, and everyone in my family was very kind to me about it. Like, you know, just very reassuring. But I was like, how can, I was like, Blaze, how can you live with someone like this? Like, I just had a full on like crisis. And um, my mom walks in the side door to like uh, help with Leona. And I said, I was just like in tears, which is rare now that I'm on this high dose of Zoloft. And she said, what happened? And I said, I lost my wallet again. And she said, no, you didn't. And I said, what's wrong with me? And she said, ADHD. And I went, yeah, what? And she was like, well, of course. And I was like, I feel like it's that gaslighting thing parents do. I love you, mom. But like, I feel like growing up, I was always given the messaging like ADHD is not real. You know, it's just a thing people say when their kids are a little woohoo, you know, like all over the hyper, you know. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I feel like that was the messaging I got from like most of the adults in my life. And so when she said that, I was like, what? Like coming from like I would never have even brought up the subject in front of my mother. And then she just like spits it out and is like, well, duh. And I was like, am I like anyway, I just feel really um I just don't feel good and also um, my TikTok got hacked by this guy in in Iraq in Baghdad and he has been bullying me all week okay all week all week and then he sends his friends to bully me and they like yes he's like demanding $850 for my account and then he said oh my friend is gonna reach out to you my friend it's like probably him on another fucking account okay and then his friend reaches out and his name is spy i'm like okay (laughs) okay now and so i was just really frustrated because like i don't really care about you know social media but i'm like i had some fun videos i wanted to post of leona and i had some fun ideas my sister and i like did our annual cookie baking thing where we make like a video of our worst cookie like and he deleted everybody i was following which is like thousands of people he deleted all my videos all my content went through my messages messaged you mm-hmm. and like random people was like sexting people i was just like I, it felt so and then i lost my wallet so i'm like does is, everybody just take my identity i guess i don't have it anymore it's not right, mine right right <laughs> apparently oh and so like this is how bad things have gotten this week um i'm drinking herbal tea Wow. I don't think I've ever drunk herbal tea in my like life. Like for fun? Yeah, because I just wow. need to like calm the fuck down. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm drinking it out of my chip coffee mug, which. Oh my God. 
I have not really gotten to show off yet. And I feel bad because um, I love that like coffee, coffee. I know. And that's what it's usually for. Right. Like it's always my go to coffee mug, obviously. But today I was like, Chip, don't even say anything. I'm putting peppermint in you. (laughs) Relax. okay? (laughs) And so it's covered in. So it's from disgruntled pelican on um, on Twitter is their username uh, slash uh, uh, cry like Kermit, I think spelled like um, Jenna Marbles dog relatable. Um, but so this mug and I, I've like never really given a shout out and I forgot who sent it. So they finally tweeted and Megan, our social media person, showed me and I was like, OK, good. I can finally give it a shout out and with the proper recognition. But it is literally like a collage of co- chip coffee on a mug. That's amazing. Um, there's one of him in a tiara. I just I don't know <laughs> if they made it, if they bought it, but it's just my favorite thing. But the fact that I'm drinking peppermint tea, having a menti bee with chip coffee it's time lost it's, your identity i lost my identity in a cumberland farms gas station that part doesn't rhyme but um <laughs> my, my oh, this is the part that i promised my mother-in-law she probably is like I, doesn't mean she wants it but i promised her that i would give her a little shout out because she drove straight to that it was in connecticut thank god uh she drove straight to that cumberland farms and got my wallet oh good sh- has shipped it to me like i found out it was there today this morning she went there immediately and has already shipped it to me. Well, a wallet like, is also so much scarier than just your driver's license. It's like, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, it's it's everything, everything but my social security card because I finally took that out after everyone. Because that's still glued to the bottom of a bar floor somewhere. <laughs> okay, I like how I say it. I took that out. It's like no, I dropped it and it got stuck. To you dropped a it in a different gas station. Floor. Yeah, um, and you know, I was thinking about what I knew it was in that Cumberland Farms because I remember being in the in the stall with Leona after changing her diaper and like I had to pee and she goes hee hee which is what she says before she does something like not good right so she <laughs> I know it's it's hilarious until it's not until it takes place in a parking lot and then you're like oh okay um so she goes hee hee and I was like I'm my pants are down I'm peeing <laughs> in a public place and so she goes hee hee and like tries to run under the stall door and so I was like ah! and so I panic, you know, and so that's where I left it on top of the toilet paper thing. Mm. Um, anyway, so it's just been one of those weeks um, where I've just been like trying my best. And, you know, we're all sick, Leona. It's just everything, it seems to be chaotic. And then every time I think about our tour coming up, I'm like, <laughs> that's funny. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I just blocked out the last 10 minutes. But uh, how are you today? Hmm. Um. I am okay. I I really my only stress left is this is the tour. I'm trying to put a good spin on it. It's not totally working. I am very very excited like in a how lucky am I that this is my career kind of way. It's 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 a hard thing to explain to people because it like we don't want to sound like we're not grateful, ungrateful or don't want to do it. Like we beg for these cities like we want to do it it's just when it happens it's so petrifying i just i i just and also all my stupid health stuff i just don't know Mm -hmm. like i just have the additional anxiety of like uh, i have some sort of undiagnosed fainting goat syndrome where like it feels like i'm just passing out for no reason and maybe it's anxiety linked and if it's anxiety linked then Then i'm definitely more more likely to do it right then it's just like building on itself right yeah so i uh 
yeah, I just I'm just very nervous about the outcome. I know I know within ten minutes of being on stage, I'm gonna be having the best time of my life. That's the thing is like we immediately the adrenaline kind of kicks in, and you're like, oh, I know how to do this, and it's I like feel total muscle and memory. Also, like this is where I like we really don't give our like audience enough of a shout out, but like every audience we've ever had has been so kind and wonderful yeah. and like if one of us were to have like an anxiety attack on stage like <laughs> with a spotlight oh on us yeah everyone would be so like i have no doubt that people like, honestly, would be so kind part but... of me wants to like somehow trigger one for you i can oh. do it for myself if you want yeah um, that'd be because like we might get more <laughs> patreon subscribers <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> um i'm just kidding but yeah there well you know what I was just thinking about too, M is like my Crohn's, which is very much um, also anxiety related or just like, yeah. Oh, I mental... feel like such a piece of shit complaining to no, you. No, no, you no, 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 I don't, no, no, no. I'm just saying, you know, it's a, it's like a sim similar concept where it's like, well, if you're not well, it like your body gets inflamed or mm -hmm. whatever and freaks out. And it's like, same idea. Of course, anxiety does not help the situation. And M has always said to me, if you ever have to just get up and run to the bathroom, like, do not fucking worry. Just do it. And I've always been like, oh, yeah, totally. That'll never happen. And then, like, when we were recording last week, I was like, bye. I'm going to peace out or whatever that was. Um, and I was like, and that's literally never happened to me where I'm like, okay, I'm really not well. And so I'm like, if that – now I'm like, oh, my God, that does happen, I guess. So if it does happen – basically i'm saying there's a chance for either one of us to just drop yeah okay and we're like, old and I, we're sick we're sickly I, <laughs> it's like we're two old crusty dogs walking onto the stage <laughs> and they're always shocked when we're still around like every holiday they're like wow they're, they made the christmas card they must be hanging and when on I sleep, by everyone when i sleep everyone's like are they breathing are you i know are you i know i know like are you check, sure like, they're put okay? a finger under the nose make sure <laughs> <laughs> no if something oh. happens it's so wild because i was trying to explain it to my therapist god bless her she i don't know if she understands the dynamic entirely because my anxiety is so unfounded where like i mean like it is justified in some ways but also the the calling me out of being like well if it were to happen what would what would go wrong after that and like honestly nothing would go wrong sure. because our audience is understanding you're understanding like we would figure it out it would be handled whatever but then she even said like what about your co-host you think your co-host would care and i was like i literally know my co-host wouldn't get like, would, she's a huge would not care. Bitch. Like, <laughs> no but like you would not care like i am in such good hands and so like all I would my care, fears like very much about you but not about like like yeah you like leaving stage right 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 and same thing for me it's just so wild that i still have all these anxieties even though i must have some sort of linked like inner trauma about like f thinking i'm gonna get in trouble or something i don't know but it's yeah i mean honestly i've 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 delved into a few things regarding my like biz bizarre aversion to the phone and i've linked it to some very bizarre specific things that have been like oh you know so mm -hmm. maybe that is something to like eventually um explore jordan are you listening Write jordan that down. are you because does jordan listen that would i don't be... know i really hope to god not i really I, <laughs> my therapist once told me who by the way she ghosted me and i think she hated me but that's probably anyway um so i need a new one anybody anybody okay so jordan are you listening can i be can I work well, so Jordan, I mean, Jordan follows me on TikTok, which terrifies me. Or I don't oh, know. If she, I don't know. If she follows me, but we found each other on TikTok. Oh, that's so right. I was like, Em, how do you find a good therapist? You're like on TikTok. And I was like, well, cool. Let's see if can, Northern Kentucky uh, therapists 
Any of them stand <laughs> out on TikTok? On TikTok? <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> well, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm doing, I think, a lot better than you are. I have not had a total mental breakdown yet. I have cried a lot, but um, it hasn't been because of a mental breakdown. It's been like just getting overwhelmed and then having to go take a depression nap and then I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm yeah. glad you at least know how to recover for your, for your own sake. How was your Christmas? What did you, I know this is like a, like a while ago now for listeners, but for me, what did you get for Christmas? What was one of your favorite gifts? Oh, well, thank you for asking. It was really lovely. We did the first, this is actually this 2023 was the first time in my life I've done like a Christmas morning, like wake oh. up with presents under the tree because in Europe or at least in Germany, you celebrate on the 24th. And mm-hmm. so um, what we did was like really ideal. We went to my mom's house for Christmas Eve and did like our old school, like family tradition. And she plays this weird children's choir from Germany on a seat on my sister's Hello Kitty boombox. <laughs> and my mom and my sister cry inexplicably. And then we all like march into the room. It's like very bizarre if now that I say it out loud, but um, it does sound, that sounds like something you tell Jordan, you know, <laughs> Jordan, help <laughs> Jordan. I don't even have a TikTok for you to follow. And I don't have a Twitter because that also got taken away. So you know what? I don't know. I don't know how I'm ever going to find help, mental health help. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we did that on Christmas Eve, which was fun. Cause Leona got to like run around. We had, you know, wine, we had built-in babysitters, <laughs> like six adults running around. Um, so it was great. And then we went home, got to sleep till Leona slept till past nine AM. Like it's like she's a teenager. I love on it. Christmas Day. I was like, fuck yeah. So we got to sleep in. Unfortunately she was sick and she was like not interested in the presents until uh. we slowly started being like what do you think's in this one? But then every time she opened one, she was like, I just want to play with this. Open right, right, right. It. And which I understand. And I'm like, I appreciate that you're like taking the time because I imagine in the next couple of years, it'll just be like rip everything open. Right. Yeah. But it was really fun to like get, give her gifts this year that were like that she could actually understand and appreciate that they were like presents. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out how the good old say ing thay will work next year we were lucky to kind of not have to deal with that this year um maybe we'll do a lean into krampus no clue we'll figure it out but uh yeah so it was really nice and um blaze got me some really lovely presents and he bought me a freaking dyson air wrap and i was like hello that was not that was nice so that's your favorite Christmas gift, you think? That was like my big, big gift, right? Like, I was like, whoa, I didn't expect that. Um, nice. I got him a composter. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, but yeah, it was very nice. And I was like, and he goes, do you want one of these? And I was like, I think every, like, human female being. on TikTok yeah. who has long hair and, you know, wants one of these. But I was like, I, I, something I never, ever would have bought for myself, but I've always just, like, watched the little tutorials. So I felt very... um. That was like a that was a very big surprise. I was very um excited about that. And then the rest was just cute little stuff. He got me um a a garlic chopper that's looks like a vampire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Grind garlic like just silly fun stuff that's like, I don't know, that just makes us think of each other. So it was really special and we had a good time. And then yesterday was his birthday and we had a great time. And in an, on New Year's Eve we were in a, a quality in um in oh. Canton, Ohio, so, or Youngstown, Ohio. So, you know, it, we can't celebrate at all, but uh, we try our best. So how was your Christmas, Em? Um, it was good. I 
this was the first Christmas where a majority of people I did not get gifts for, and that itself was a gift. Um, <laughs> yeah, and indeed, yeah, it sounds like it. I I feel like I got a lot of clothes this year. I got uh, my mom got me and Allison like play tickets, like play season oh, tickets. Fun. Um, uh, I got a tie that I wanted. Mm. I, which I never wear ties. I just wanted it. I was gonna say, put it on. It has a it has Deloreans all over it. Okay, that's very fun. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty nice. It was low key. Um, I'm exchanging more gifts tonight. My friend Cole, who you know, mm-hmm. uh, you might know as Hot Cole because that's usually how I reference him to people mm-hmm, because he's mm-hmm, weirdly mm-hmm. good looking. Yeah, he like freakishly so. Like, yeah, yeah. He he's. A very handsome. He's my ex boyfriend, also. So, like, careful. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. M M dumped him. I I did dump him. But... <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's like, a point of pride. In some in some spaces, I feel like that's my only power move I have left to play. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I dumped a hot guy, so um, him and I are having a sleepover tonight. So, you oh, know, what the romance, no, the romance isn't over yet. Everybody the is still alive. But I, I think we're, that. I think we're exchanging gifts. We're going out to dinner later. We, when we were dating, every single date was at Olive Garden because when you're 14, Olive Garden is well, like the, the pinnacle, the pinnacle of class. Indeed. And so apparently we're actually reliving our dates and we're going to Olive Garden tonight. And then we're coming back to my house to watch TV. My God, so, maybe he's going to propose. Are you going to put out? This is going to be so fun for me. You to know, he is even hotter than he was when we were dating well, so shit. so that actually so he might win that power play because like you dumped him but now he's even hotter so like actually i'm sorry to say that might not be your win anymore i mean i i, I might give him a little snuggle i think you know we'll see Aww, where, where the cute. where the night takes us but i think snuggling is about as far as it'll get that's um, pretty far it's pretty far i mean i'm a pretty pretty lucky little person to be able to <laughs> you do that sure are um, but uh <laughs> I mean, if, if there's such a thing as being even gayer than me, it's him. So I think that uh, we're... Oh, yeah, folks. That's why we're. That's why the joke is fun. Sorry. Oh yeah, we're to, both. To, we're both queer. To clarify, yeah. neither of them are even remotely interested in the other one in that way. So it's no, no, fun no. To now, now it's just it. it's platonic snuggles. You it's know, you just understand. garlic bread on garlic bread on garlic bread. He's gonna pour pasta fagiole all over me, oh! and you know it might get a little crazy. So wow. Um, Anyway, that's Great. that's my final Christmas gift is getting to hang out all night with a, a handsome yeah. man. Unlimited breadsticks, baby. I, I um, didn't mean to like weirdly just brag about him the whole time. I was trying to say I'm, I might be getting more gifts later because I think we're exchanging presents. Oh, but... I, I can't wait to see what it is. Um, and can I just throw one thing out before I forget, mm-hmm. which is uh, just like a fun fact for you all. Um, so Alexander, my brother, as m- many of you may know as Zandy, one christmas like one leona's christmas because he got her a little vet like a veterinarian kit and it has like a little puppy and like a little you know and like i want as a kid wanted to be a doctor or a vet and she took that stethoscope and has not put it down since Aww. christmas eve and Blaise she must runs, be so proud oh my god like everyone in blaze's family his mom's a nurse his brother's a pa uh his brother's wife's a doctor like everyone's in the medical field and she runs around with this stethoscope and like, I don't know where she comes up with this stuff. Probably TV. Okay. But she runs up and she goes, breathe in and out. And like, puts oh. it on chest. and then she goes, you're all better. And she oh. ran around and did that to like every pet, every human, every uh, inanimate object. 
And so I was just like very because that was me as a kid. I always had like a little a little stethoscope, a little well, you shot. Know, you know who's about to get healed the fuck up next week is gonna because we're all gonna be together. Yes. Oh my is, god. It's gonna be Eva because Leona and Eva have a very interesting best friendship, and I think Eva, you're about to play doctor with Leona quite a lot. Oh yeah, it's you're gonna, gonna be very all precious. Get a lot of checkups, and she checks some people's tummies a lot. Oh. Which is very sweet. So, Eva, get ready to breathe in and out. Yeah, get ready. Practice. Um, which actually is, <laughs> Eva says, yes, fix my tummy. Um, <laughs> it does weirdly feel better. I think it's probably just that you're like, oh, that's cute. And you like it, forget about your many aches and pains for a moment. But uh-huh. it does actually work. So, yeah. Anyway, so She's thank you, Zandy. Touch. And uh, Leona literally has never really attached to a stuffed animal. But she takes a stethoscope to bed every single night. So, you know what? I'll take it. Uh, it's It's... <laughs> Every Jewish mother's dream. To... I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, listen, there's worse things to be yeah, obsessed yeah, yeah. with. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. We've literally talked for 26 minutes, 27 minutes. Wow. Well, you sorry. shouted for part of it, so. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. <coughs> sorry. Oh, yeah. Also, I have a never-ending sinus <laughs> infection. The end. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You make me feel a little better about myself, so that's what. That's why that's I drink today. That's all I want to do. <laughs> um, and are you drinking anything? I'm drinking a D-Peppy. Yeah, I'm drinking a fucking herbal tea. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Sorry. Okay. Sorry to yell. I just wow. sometimes I get a little bit over overstimulated. It's okay. Call Leona and Dr. Leona. She'll help you breathe in, breathe <laughs> Fix out. Fix my nervous system. <laughs> Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper 
and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, I've got my little story for you today, Christine. It is the mysterious case of dun, dun, da, da, the Bennington Triangle. <gasps> angle, 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 angle. Wow. If I knew you were going to shout so much today, I would have spent a lot more time helping you fix your audio earlier. But you sound great. So, oh, so, perfect. Yeah. What, the ben- Why do I know that? Um, I think because it sounds a lot like Bridgewater Triangle. Perhaps. And it sounds a lot like Bermuda Triangle. Perhaps. Bennington Triangle. Um, I was expecting another Puckwudgie uh moment uh-huh. puckwudgies i'm telling you now are not included in the bennington triangle yet we can find mm. one and bring them over and then start populating the area they're an invasive like. species at that point and i don't mm-hmm. really want to be complicit in that they have no natural uh predator so they're yeah, really they're gonna take over like those koi fish or whatever like those hedgehogs or something mm. so bennington triangle it is a mystery spot or a mystery triangle <laughs> We remember our shapes, rhombus. The only math class I ever got an A in, believe it or not, was geometry. So um, that was the only class I ever got a D in. That's what everyone says. Everyone's like geometry is, and I, for some reason, I've been meaning to look into this. Does anybody know? My brain, like geometry, I get it in a weird. Obviously, I don't because I don't know what a rhombus is. But you know, in general, when I learned it back in the day, I was like, I fucking get it, and nobody else got it. And then when it came to algebra, I was like, what the fuck? I don't know. So maybe there's some weird mind, like the way that my brain works. I don't know. You know who else is really good at geometry? Spider-Man. Really? Yep. That's how he defeated Doctor Strange. He used geometry. That's uh, he knew where to he knew where to swing because he knew the angles I think of that the you've mirror told dimension. Me this, and I was like, wow, this is quite a heavy-handed way to say like stay in school, kids. He well, the exact line from the movie was, you know what's cooler than magic, Doctor Strange? Oh, I remember math. math. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it hurts. If that's not on someone's math poster, I don't know what oh, you're it ha- doing. It, ha- it, mu- it must be. Um, so Miss Geometry, you know what a triangle is? Sure do. Uh, and this mystery spot happens to be triangular in shape. It is in Vermont, and it is full of unexplained phenomenon. Ooh. Uh, the name was coined in the 1990s, but the actual area is pretty undefined, but the, the epicenter of it all seems to be Glastonbury Mountain. Mmm, sounds Which, she, like, she. If you were If you were going to have a mountain, do you have an idea about what you would name it? Because I wonder where Glastonbury comes from. It has to be someone's last name. It has or... to be. Or, or like it's named after the, the original town in England or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're either called like something from another country or someone's name. I would call it Wobbly Mountain because Leona's favorite game is where she climbs up um her little like nugget couch thing and says i'm queen of wobbly mountain so i would probably just call it that eva get ready to play wobbly mountain uh, Eva, yeah i'm because i'm tired of it i'll tell you that much <laughs> i'm fucking sick of it because it requires me to stand up and pretend to like oh, and then no catch thanks. her oh my god it's so much physical exertion the second she's of just binging tv age i know right? i'm gonna pond it's get on tiktok what age can i put her on tiktok i'm kidding don't (laughs) don't yell at me everyone i feel like i would just name a mount i know it's so selfish but i would just name it my last name like i would just want to i guess that's not selfish it's what everyone that's what all the men did back in the day might as well 
That's true. Know, or it, it would yourself. be something like fuck the patriarchy mountain. Like it would be <laughs> like it would have a purpose. Like it would have like I I would You'd want be sending a, a message. I'd want a certain group of people to know that this is for the girls, the gays, and the theys. Like don't gotcha. come over here. Gotcha. Um so anyway, the epicenter of this place is Glastonbury Mountain, and the communities nearby this mountain uh are the ones that are having the strange experiences, specifically the towns of Glastonbury and Bennington. Mm. Um, Glastonbury was once a successful mining and logging town, but get this, people are terrible and they cut down literally all of the trees, all of them. And then they didn't have a reason to live in Glastonbury anymore because there was no point as a logging town Has without trees. Has read the fucking Lorax? I mean, get with the fucking program. They apparently shot the Lorax at point blank range. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um... So I guess, yeah, once the trees were all gone, they were like, well, I guess we just up and leave. And so now it's become, by the 1930s, this abandoned logging town that is completely treeless. Right. It was truly abandoned. In 2020, the population in Glastonbury was nine. Oh! And at one point, it was only three. And all three of the people were one family, and they all held all of the local government roles. Because there's nobody else. (laughs) That's called nepotism. <laughs> That's called someone's <laughs> got to do it. It's called useless nepotism. Because like, what are you even doing with that power? <laughs> this is the type of story where this is, I like to think this is the humble beginnings of Mayor Max. It's like, look, yeah. it was a family of three. I, I, I had to like step up and like really contribute to the family when it was only us for the entire One of government. us had like a checkbook so we could balance the town's finances, I guess. Yeah. yeah my mom became the secretary by accident. I became mayor. I don't know. Was, we were all just trying to make the piece fit we all voted for each other i think so now a lot of glastonbury is abandoned but the other area that has a lot of experience or uh weird experiences is bennington which has like a more normal population it's like sixteen thousand. um once the mountain was abandoned the trees did grow back which i love that the second humans are gone for five seconds uh, mother nature like remember comes right back yeah remember during covid when people were like oh shit like suddenly all these uh species are flourishing like yeah, in the all oceans of a sudden there's and dolphins the in the rivers yeah yeah like what happened <laughs> it's like people just didn't fucking people destroy the planet messing with everything <laughs> it was within like two or three weeks of everyone yeah, it was going very inside. quickly i remember that was like the only positive thing i could find on the news that week it was truly like imagine if people just stopped doing what they do for a month because in three weeks dolphins were back imagine in a month what would happen oh god so again same kind of concept as soon as people weren't in the area it began to flourish and now this area um that once didn't have trees the trees grew back and now this space to keep it i guess protected sits within the green mountain national forest so she's back she went she was bare bones she became part of the forest like anyone can do it um fun fact the forest has eight individually designated wilderness areas eight designated wilderness okay which i don't even really know what that means in my mind a forest (laughs) a for like the designated areas are like the part with the trees part of it that's water that's kind of it like it's maybe there's an area for camping I don't really know it. I am so stupid. If I ever were to like talk to a park ranger, it would be so clear. I mean, I literally don't even go outside. So like <laughs> they, would, they would know very quickly that I am not the person to talk about their job with. <laughs> if 
I was like, yeah, how's no work? Comment. And they were like, you know how the forest can be. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> the region inside the triangle, which, again, most of it is Bennington and Glastonbury, but there's other regions. The the main uh, square footage of this triangle is linked to five mysterious disappearances from mm. during the 40s. And that's what makes it so uh, such a strange, creepy area. Mm. Um because all of these cold cases happened in this one specific region. In the 40s, all of them? All from 1945 to 1950. In a five-year gap, there were five still cold case missing what people. What the fuck? Um, the first disappearance uh, was a 74-year-old named Mitty Rivers. And he was a hunting guide. And he was known to be like the survivalist. He was very good at being outdoors. He should have not gone missing compared to yeah, like, that's when if it's I were in the forest. I was going to say, like, if we went missing, they'd be like, wow, she read the Lorax one time <laughs> and thought she could suddenly be like a survivalist. But if somebody who actually knows what they're I doing, I didn't even read lost... it. I watched it. And that was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have you beat, I guess. <laughs> if I ever go missing in the forest, just know that, like, first of all, why was I in the forest? But second of all, the second I entered the forest, we should have known I wasn't coming out of there. You entered so... unwillingly, first of all. Uh, unwillingly. By and someone we... else's hand. <laughs> the second I'm in the forest, if I ever go missing and someone, like, tracks my phone to the forest, just stop, just give up. I'm already dead. Like, it's, it's not. It's too not coming late. Back. It's too late. So 74-year-old Mitty Rivers, a hunting guide, survivalist, outdoorsman, insert word here, mm. uh, he's leading a group of hunters below the mountain, directly below this mountain with a lot of strange phenomena. And th of course, the area that they're walking through is a place called Hell Hollow. Oh, my God. Which, like, imagine during Halloween, though, they must go nutso. I hope so. Although maybe it's like one of those designated wilderness areas and they're like, please don't put like fake spider webs <laughs> <laughs> yeah the real spider webs are fine enough yeah we leave that to the spiders um so he was guiding these other people but he split off just before lunch and was never seen again what the fuck which like let's discuss this is this is a weird part that no one even mentioned in in sources that i looked at but i love that he's the survivalist outdoors guy hunting guide yeah he goes missing and the group of people he was guiding found their fucking way out without him? How does that make sense? Maybe they just retraced their steps back? I don't maybe. know. But it is or maybe weird they that, just like... screamed until someone heard them? That's what I would do. <laughs> I would... Ah! Just stand still and do <laughs> one long note. Um, I, I, I thought that was interesting, though. Like, oh, the guy who knows what he's doing and he's been yeah. in these woods before goes I missing. I would love to hear their uh, side of it because it, I wonder how long did they wait for him? You know, did they look for him? Did they just assume he got sick and left? Like, I, I wonder like, how long they waited. See, that's it's the human questions like that, where it's like it, it's the beginning of a horror movie of like, how yeah. long do you wait in the woods for a like, random person? If it's person? getting dark, like, do you go, do you risk it and leave? Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, is it a prank? Like, well, yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm He's at, such a prankster, that survivalist wilderness guide. <laughs> I know it was 1945, but in today's world, I'd be like, the second I get back to Wi-Fi, this guy's getting a one-star review. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yelping the shit out of this. I am never coming back to this forest again. You and I would use up all our battery, like TikToking the like escape <laughs> of the forest, like this guy. I uh, so anyway, he goes he goes missing. The other four people, we never hear about them again, but allegedly they get home, Great. and uh. An initial search goes nowhere, and even though the search goes nowhere and they're like, well, I guess he's just gone, 
300 people including like army soldiers all gather together and they're like no we have to find this man oh my god they look for him for another eight days and after (gasps) going through the entire forest extensively they only found an empty bullet casing that matched his gun (gasps) who's kim and that's all we know about the story is just the, the, the only thing they ever found. They never found a body. They never found blood. So they never sinister. found footsteps. It was. And, and it's almost more. I mean, you would have thought they'd find something because he I feel like sometimes you hear stories of people going missing in the wilderness and you don't know their last known location. But like he had a whole group of people who said, oh, this is where we were. Mm-hmm. He went that way. So it's not like, you know, he just vanished in this like mass forest like they know at least where he would have left the group mm-hmm. so yeah. that get like i have goose cam on my scalp that is creeping oh me out yeah Yikes. you are welcome well so <laughs> a year later we have another missing case where there's an 18 year old girl named paula and she goes missing after hiking on a trail near glastonbury mountain uh despite other hikers seeing her just ahead of them like they remember her walking <gasps> ahead of them she disappeared when she got she, like, turned around a bend, like, turned around a corner. And when they got there, she was already gone. What the fuck? She was totally by herself. They saw her. But they, they were within earshot. If she had been attacked by a person or an animal or something, they would have heard her. So when she turned the corner and then when they followed and she was gone, she was just vanished. Oh, I don't like that. After what happened to... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. My handsome ex-boyfriend just texted me. Um, <laughs> my handsome ex-boyfriend. He's like, please stop talking about me. He, he said, are we still on for seven? And then a heart. Ah! Oh, my God. You got a heart emoji. Oh, my God. I'm going to kiss him. I'm just Damn. kidding. I'm a little cheeky, maybe. But yeah. we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'll let him make the first move. You guys um, can just share one big fettuccine noodle. We literally, that's exactly what's going to happen. We might leave in the tramp, but you'll <laughs> in see. In a totally platonic way, obviously. No, no, no. It's uh, maybe <laughs> not. I don't know. We'll see. I'm feeling kind of crazy. Once I have fettuccine in front of me, anything's possible. Uh, that's true. That's a fair point. Um. So, uh, bah, 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 bah. so because of what happened to Mitty Rivers only a year yeah. before, and they had an, an original search party, they had another search party of like 300 people looking through the area and they couldn't find him. When a year later someone else goes missing and she's an 18-year-old girl, people are Forget like, oh, it. fuck this. So they have a search party of over a 1,000 people. <gasps> they have multiple law enforcement departments. They have the National Guard bring out aircraft searches. Ugh. And they never found her. That's terrifying. Do we know What was her name? Do we know? Her Do- name was Paula Weldon. Paula. That's terrible. And just totally went missing. That was in 1946. She was last seen wearing a bright red jacket. So now, much like every hotel in the world, there's a lady in red out there in the woods. Mm. But they never found her, never found the bright red jacket, nothing. Oh, that is so weird. The most baffling disappearance comes on the three-year anniversary of Paula's missing. To Uh, the day? To the day. Shut up. Three years after her disappearance, we're now in 1949, and 68-year-old James Tefford, or Tefford, he was heading home uh, to Bennington after visiting family. And he was last seen by his friends who watched him get on the bus stop, uh, and 14 other people who were on the bus with him say that he was there on the bus. Um, And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, on the bus, mid-drive, James is fucking gone. (gasps) luggage still there 
he disappears from the bus? Like, poof. Goodbye. So was this like near the fort? Was it within the triangle? It was within the triangle. <gasps> Ew. So you can't, you're not even safe like. In a car on the road. In a moving vehicle. Like his Ooh. luggage was still there. And then he had been working on something at his seat and that was still there. Oh um, my God. What the fuck? He just somehow vanished between the last stop and the stop to Bennington, which is one of the bigger areas for this type of phenomena. Nobody saw anything shady happen. Nobody saw him talking to someone who dragged him off the bus. He never followed anyone off the bus. He was just there, and then he was not. He just completely evaporated. The fact that his stuff and what I imagine was a really beautiful needlepoint he was creating (laughs) were all left behind. Maybe I'm projecting. He was actually needlepointing his goodbye letter to everybody. (laughs) Oh, sad. Yeah, like what in the world? That's baffling. Yeah, they could only say that truly he was there one minute ago and now he's not there. Dude, if I lived in that town, I mean, no wonder only three people live there. But if I lived in that (laughs) fucking town on the anniversary of any of these, I'd be like, I'm going out of state. Yeah, see, I I mean, in his needlepoint, I imagine if he had been uh, needlepointing like, now you see me, now you (gasps) don't. And then as he disappeared, it like fell out of the air. pattern to buy at the local needlepoint store. (laughs) Especially in 1949. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. but yeah, just totally vanished off the off the bus. So uh, that was another case. And then the fourth case was a year later where there was an eight-year-old named Paul <gasps> Jepson. No. And Paul vanished from his family pickup truck. No. And the, the story goes that he was fed to the pigs by his own parents. What? That's the fun little story we've got going. So, so like that that's the theory or something i think like the... this i think through a game of telephone that's the story it became because i also saw another source that said that he disappeared when his parents were feeding the pigs oh i see so and it, it just very got telephoned quickly, very quickly telephoned into he was fed to well, the that's pigs kind of a fucked up twist um Isn't so it- is the theory that they killed him, I assume? and it, That's like the when people are trying to logically figure out where the fuck he went, they're gotcha. thinking that he must Something have happened and been they got killed rid of the and body. fed to pigs because a lot of bodies have been fed to pigs and no sure. evidence comes up later. So mm. there was a manhunt for him as well. At this point, I feel like the police are tired. They're like, Jesus Christ, Like people just keep going and this away. Is like a small rural area right like it's not like we're in some big metropolis like they're bringing in the national guard every year to find people i mean (laughs) the national guard might as well just put it on their calendar like right every year we do a conference in these fucking woods oh for god's sake like what is going on also interesting to me that if they're if you're doing a thousand person manhunt none of those thousand also went missing i feel like that okay i had that same thought i was like did they do a roll call because like because what if what there's if several more people missing now and we just don't vanished. know? Vanished. Because people could have thought, oh, they just Irish goodbye for the day. Nope, they're gone. Yeah, I don't like that either, M. The irony of going missing during a, a manhunt for somebody search. else so nobody's looking <laughs> yeah. for you. Or like, what Ooh, if someone... wait, that's a good book idea. Write that down. Or what Eva? if someone spots you, but you're not like the eight-year-old kid and so they just like turn their head away and don't realize that they actually found you and you need help and, they're... and they just walk away. Eva, Oof. I've kind of lost the plot but write that down anyway okay (laughs) (laughs) okay so they have a manhunt no results for eight-year-old paul jepson they just know he went missing when he was last with his parents um but a bloodhound tracked paul's scent to a nearby crossroads where the trail ended so it's thought that 
he walked off the trail and into the woods oh. and was just never found again. Some people suspect that his parents murdered him, but there's no evidence of that. It's just kind of a rumor now. Right. Um, which so sad because imagine your fucking eight year old kid goes no. missing and is probably dead. And now everyone's just like, and the, like you're just getting blamed for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, terrible. Paul's dad said that Paul was obsessed with the mountain and maybe just wandered off and that he oh. was lured away by the mountains. Um, and two weeks later is the final disappearance of a 53-year-old woman named Frida. She disappeared on a hike, even though she was also just as experienced as that Mitty Rivers guy. She was yeah. like a backwoods woman, a survivalist, all these things. Um, and only a half mile into a casual hike, which a half mile, by the way, like, I mean, I don't I don't walk a lot, but a half mile is it's not it's that not far into the woods yeah it's not especially on like a casual hike which i assume means on a trail that on a on a flat regularly. trail it's like right. essentially just a couple blocks i would imagine right 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 i i don't actually know the right number but i know if someone told me something's a half mile away i actually would not complain about having to walk it all that bad so. <laughs> okay noted so. <laughs> you better write that down too uh only a half mile into a casual hike with her cousin she tripped and fell into a stream which is any of us could and probably have done that right um she told her cousin uh, like wait a minute like we're so close to camp let me just go back and change before we finish on this <gasps> so i and don't so know she wasn't why... even alone i thought she was alone for some reason she's with no, she her was cousin. with her cousin <gasps> weirdly her cousin like then just like hung out in that little spot in the woods by himself like didn't like go back with her while she changed like what was he well, gonna I mean, do I get... for 20 minutes well i don't know i mean i feel like climb a tree i don't know i'd be like i'd just sit down and like have a smoke i don't know <laughs> like oh what yeah did you that's do true back then i have no idea but i feel like that makes sense like oh i'm gonna go change my clothes You'd yeah be like okay i'll wait here if it's only a few yeah i guess so either way it was i don't she yeah. she ends up going back and this was by the way this was the same trail that paula was on in 1949 when she went missing <sighs> um so she says i'm gonna run back to the camp her husband is at the camp and he said that frida never showed up <gasps> so and her somewhere cousin, between and her, that yeah and her <sighs> cousin never saw her come back so for her to only walk with an earshot of both of them essentially i mean what if she was screaming for help someone would have heard but she vanished in such a short distance and she was so nearby that if she needed help, someone would have heard her. Yeah. Um, and the search was even more extensive than Paula's in 1949, which I think she was the thousand person one, the thousand person manhunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's sad, interesting, is that it was even more extensive than Paula's manhunt because Paula's father, when they never found Paula, he mm -hmm. was so upset that they never found her that he was... Uh, he said that there were mistakes in the case and he wanted that to never happen to anybody again. So his efforts helped uh, found the Vermont State Police and improved re rescue protocols, search and rescue Whoa. protocols. So because of her disappearance and her that and Paula's father's initiatives, the search for Frida was even more intense. Wow. Even so, they brought the National Guard out again, who are like, oh, my God, don't even tell us the address. We know how to get there like, by memory now. Give us a punch now. card at this point. Yeah. yeah. The National Guard, the Army, local authorities, and volunteers all failed to locate Frida. What in the world is going on? Until months later, Frida's remains were discovered in an open area where searchers had already 
extensively looked through this area and it was <gasps> open, no trees, nothing. So they would have definitely found her, which means that she was hidden during the search and rescue. Uh. And, and only after the search and rescue efforts ended, someone dragged her out there. What the fuck is going on? And when they did find her, her body was so um, decomposed decomposed that they could not determine a cause of death. What in the world, Em? This is getting really freaky. So this leaves the triangle with five cold cases that we know of or that were like heavily publicized, I'm sure. I mean, that was back in the 40s, and this is like 400,000 acres of woods. So someone else has unfortunately probably gone missing or been hurt out in these woods. But these are the five cold cases that created the lore of the Bennington Triangle. I mean, and the wild part is, like, if it is a true crime situation, these are all very different victim profiles. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, aside from the two women, but like 18 year old, basically a teenage girl, a little boy, an older man like a middle-aged woman, mm-hmm. it just seems all over. And then the guy on the bus, which also yeah. that wouldn't make sense for, I guess, a true crime necessarily, but it's just so odd. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. You know, when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind, especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink so uh, the, these are some of the theories then the most obvious is that there was a serial killer that might have been active in the area right. and hiding out in the woods 
Um, because as you were just talking about the profile, the only thing that all these people had in common was that they all vanished in the winter near the end of the year in this in the same general area. That's the mm-hmm. only commonalities they have. Other than that, they are completely different in age, in gender, in location. I mean, they were in the general the general area, but like, yeah, I mean, they were all within earshot of witnesses, uh, or at least three out of five of the victims were all within shot of earshot yeah. of witnesses. So it couldn't have been like an opportunistic killer because they weren't easy targets, especially like two of them were survivalists who probably had loaded guns right. on them. One of them definitely had a loaded gun because they found a bullet, bullet. casing. Oh my god. Um, and so it's not like he was just, if it was a serial killer, they maybe were like very new at it and were just picking anybody and not knowing who to be careful of. I mean, maybe. I just wonder then with that final, it was so different to suddenly bring the remains back. Like maybe yeah. that one was a serial killer who was like, oh, I'll just capitalize on the fact that people are vanishing. Maybe I can just pop on in i don't i mean, I mean that, I no that does feel no like it could be a power clue. move of like haha i can up the ante now and literally bring the bodies back and you still won't know who i am i'm assuming they looked at the husband and cousin for her death i'm i guess so i it huh. was never determined i'm um, so creeped out by that so another theory was wild animals um okay sure like black bears in the area could have taken them but again three attacks there were with three attacks there were witnesses that would have either been with an earshot or they would have literally seen a fucking bear or like yeah. even if they didn't see a bear with that person there would have been like notices out in the woods that there's a bear in this area yeah or they would have they would have at least heard us a, a struggle right like or like yeah. a, some movement like a bear there, is not subtle exactly there would have been tracks or blood especially in since this was every single missing person was at the end of the year in the winter so in cases where there was snow on the ground there should have First definitely all, been tracks or bears blood. hibernate i went to third grade and i did oh. learn that okay okay second of all degree? the red parka okay, you think a bear <laughs> you think a bear ate the fucking red parka no where is it you know mm-hmm. well they also thought maybe uh an animal, one animal killed Frida, and then another animal maybe dragged her body in it, like out into the mm. woods, and that would explain why she was found all of a sudden. But like if a an animal big enough to drag a human being dragged her right to where people had been looking, that means she probably wasn't that far away from that right. area, and people had probably searched that area too. Right. So, or it could be a combo. Maybe an animal killed her and a person dragged her out into the middle of nowhere. Maybe a person killed her, an animal. So it could be anything. And, but with the wild animal theory, like you said, there should have definitely been signs of a struggle. People were within earshot of most of these people. Two of them had guns. There would at least be blood of someone trying to shoot the animal to keep right. it away from them. And the only like big cat that was considered a predator in the area was the eastern cougar, and it had already been extinct by that point. Um, and new big cats wouldn't have started wandering that area for several more decades. Right. Okay. And I, you know, I, it's so wild to me that they found the bullet casing because, like, that means they were looking very thoroughly, right? Like, they were unless looking, they just yeah. happened to stumble upon it, but that means they were looking for little clues, and they, I imagine when the searches got even more intense, they were looking for a fucking red parka or whatever, a shoe, anything. I mean, Jesus, that's so weird. No, it's such a good point that like something as small as a bullet casing means that like, it's not that they were doing a quick scan. A scan, right. Yeah. 
they were looking looking so they would have found a fucking red piece of fabric they would have seen like a human limb or something if someone got ripped apart any remains blood blood if someone got hurt um another theory which i do like this theory a lot is um that because this area was an abandoned mine shaft that maybe Mm. people since the mountain was once covered in mining operations and there were a lot of shafts that were yep. placed randomly and wouldn't have even been marked. Right. Um, people might've thought they were walking into a cave or maybe they got lost and they were trying to find shelter. And well, imagine just like falling into one of these old mine shafts and then like, ha- exactly. Absolutely terrifying. Which is, that's the theory is that a lot of them might have just fallen and <gasps> died on impact, which is why you never heard them cry <gasps> out for help. It's why they all of a sudden just fucking vanished because they dropped immediately. That is so frightening. So that's, I think that's a pretty good one that even an experienced hiker isn't an experienced miner, you know, like. Right, right. And if they, if they hadn't been marked and you take one wrong step or, you know, you go into one wrong little hovel or cave thinking you're just gonna have your lunch and then ooh, yeah so i like that one a lot but people also like the argument here which is a good argument is that people had never had issues with the shafts in this area before so why from 1945 to 1950 why in this only five year period were people like experiencing just like a fucking cascade of mine shafts that you just yeah that's by. a great point unless like in 1950 they did some like massive overhaul of the safety yeah of the, and like put signs up or something but like it doesn't sound like that is it, what I, I don't think that was what happened but i i agree that like that's weird this, if there are like especially that one girl who was like only half a mile away from her campsite yeah. like if people are camping in this area and there's an accidental mine shaft you could drop into, they would have signs or they'd cover it up or something. Or you'd think someone else would have seen someone it or found it. Someone else since by now. 1950 would have dropped. Well, especially in there by if they're accident. doing these intense searches, like search and rescue operations. Yeah, someone would have stepped on something. Um, so that's a theory as to why that doesn't work. It also mm-hmm. wouldn't make sense that Frida and Paula would have both fallen in. Uh, like we're saying how people were scouring the area pretty good but frida and paulo were on like one of the most common trails so like how are they the only two people in a well-marked public hiking trail to find a mysterious shaft that Um, makes sense another theory is that people maybe who got lost died of hypothermia or starvation but like frida was half a mile away from her campsite like she did fall into a stream and it was winter so maybe she got cold true but it was half a mile. She wouldn't have even noticed she had a cold yet by the time she got back to her husband at the campsite. And again, like with hypothermia too, I mean, we know that people tend to shed their clothing when they mm-hmm. are close to death from that exact reason. And there's no I, I clothing being it, found. And there's no remain. I mean, I guess an animal could have, but all for all five of them to just like inexplicably vanish. That's yeah, probably yeah. a stretch for like exposure but like james was on a bus like what are you talking about yeah that's true too yeah what the hell and james is definitely the weirdest one because he was on a bus so he couldn't have starved he couldn't have had hypothermia he couldn't have fallen into a shaft he couldn't have been eaten by a bear could it have been like they stopped at a rest stop and he and like nobody realized he never got back on the bus i it it feels like i mean honestly james is such a weird one it's not even like on a hiking trail that my first thought is like he must have just like gone to the restroom and missed the bus like i feel like it could have been something easier than that but 
I don't know. I, it, people say that they, on the last stop, and then the, the stop before Bennington, he was still on the bus That's as of that last weird. stop. So mid-bus ride to Bennington, he, sh- he disappeared. Yeah, that's really strange. Um, and then because he's so weird and no one can place like his fucking story, people's theories got a little more crazy and they started suggesting cryptids. They started saying that the culprit could be this Bigfoot variant in the area called the Bennington Monster. Um, oh, and the only story we have of the Bennington monster, I'm telling you, it feels like a game of telephone all over again, because it's from the 1800s, back when there were stagecoaches. Sure. And the first sighting of the Bennington monster was when a stagecoach was carrying people and had to stop on the side of the road because a flash flood made the roads too dangerous. So mm. this stranded stagecoach is on the road. The driver is looking around the area by the stagecoach to see if like they're parked in an okay area. And he's using literally an old oil lamp. This is the beginning oh of like, my a Lord. horror movie. It is. I'm scared. <laughs> Did you just say my lore? That's your lore? I said, I said oh my Lord. <laughs> but also, <laughs> but also, this is my lore. This is canon for me. And my I have an oil lamp now. I thought you were saying Hershey my lore. shifter canon. <laughs> girl, people are using the lantern to find you. <laughs> <laughs> to find my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll never it's, it's be literally found. the equivalent of you using your phone flashlight to find your wallet at the bottom i mean of your i car. was literally doing that for over an hour yesterday so yeah it's a little too on the nose <laughs> um the driver looked around the area of the stagecoach in the dim light of his oil lamp and he saw in the mud very fresh impossibly huge bare humanoid footprints what and you mean bear b-a-r-e right b-a-r-e Just Ugh. Um, then a gigantic humanoid figure comes out of the trees and attacks the stagecoach. Oh, no. Somehow, with its Hulk strength, knocked the whole stagecoach with a bunch of passengers on its side. So all the people go tumbling in the stagecoach. Uh-huh. And the passengers only saw the creature's eyes reflecting in the lantern before it ran off. They didn't so see a big fucking machine, like a big <laughs> massive monster. Um, but they saw his so, eyes. They saw so those just baby shoved blues. it over and then ran away. Like it didn't like eat any of them or something. Yeah, right. Like isn't that like this feels like this has to be some Sleepy Hollow bullshit? Like yeah, it's uh, so not not more of that Sleepy Hollow bullshit. <laughs> yeah, but like I think about like a monster coming out and chasing you who is also perfectly yeah. already just walking in that area for you to see the footprints. Then right, he comes right, out right. and knocks everyone down, doesn't take a single victim, and then runs off, but I has the say, most beautiful eyes you ever did see. Per- <laughs> I would say perhaps the word we're looking for is contrived. Perhaps a bit contrived. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, you sound like someone who would ride in a stagecoach in the 1800s. I, listen, I sound like someone who shouldn't be losing her wallet every weekend, and yet here we are. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you would lose your wallet Every day of your life and use words like contrived is such a That's uh, why I keep oxymoron. having this little menti bee. I'm like, what is the matter with me? Like, I've, you know, like, how I'm do so I... smart. I use words how, like contrived. How did I ace geometry and I can't <laughs> fucking keep my license on me, on my person? That's so unhinged, like mentally unstable. No, girl, that's just neurodivergence, my friend. That's... <laughs> now you sound like my mom, my new and improved mom who somehow suddenly believes that. That's, I've been saying know, it since day one, Homeslice. Uh, you I've... have been. And I think we all knew I needed to wait for my mother to confirm it before. Yeah. 
I, I could say it a really million times, but you really it. needed to hear it somewhere for the inner child, you know? Yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> um, so it attacked the sage coach, knocked, the, knocked it to the side, ran off. Later on, there were other reports of the same monster. Uh, people were claiming that they, too, saw giant barefoot tracks in the mud. There were reports of a monster who was over six feet tall and covered in thick black fur from head to toe. And by the mid-1800s, people were now reporting a local gorilla man and mm. were so scared of it that they started forming hunting parties to track it down. Oh, my Lord. It was sighted many times walking around in the woods and around people's houses. Nobody ever shot at it, so these hunting parties seemed like they were not working. Um, and theories ranged from it being an escaped zoo animal to a prankster in a costume. Oh, but, great. like. I feel like if I were a prankster in a costume, the second I read in newspapers that people had created hunting were parties, shooting at me, I, yeah, I would be like, "The prank's <laughs> over, bitch." And also thought that I was like abducting children and stuff. I'd be like, "Okay, right. this is no longer a funny prank." Or like attempted murder. Like now, like I'm gonna go to jail. <laughs> now and- they're gonna ask where all the remains are, and like I just got this on Amazon. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be part of this police investigation. Like I'm just, I'm just covered in mud. It wasn't even yeah. a hair. I mean, come on. Um. Also, imagine you're just like a, a more than normal hairy person, and now people are writing about the gorilla man oh, in the that's, newspaper. That's tragic. Oof. Yeah, that's got to hurt. So you have to have an insecurity by the end of the day. It's got to be embarrassing. Uh, people also said like it might be an escaped zoo animal, but there were no missing animals at the zoo. And it seemed, again, like a hard sell that someone would keep wearing a costume knowing that gunfire was a threat to them. Um, yeah, people believe unlikely. that this monster might capture and eat people in the mountains and then could also somehow masterfully hide evidence. Mm. Um, so that's Maybe another it lives theory in the mine shafts, like, like Mothman. Yeah. You know? Or even like, was it Shasta mountain or something where yeah. like there's a whole Mount race Shasta. of Mount Shasta. There's a whole like race of people out there who hide in the old mountains. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's something we just don't know about that uses the empty mine shafts. I mean, that's creepy in and of itself. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the other theory then is that there's a monster in the woods who's taking people and has, it feels a lot like, um, other cryptids i've talked about where it was only spotted for like a few years and now 50 years have passed and it's never been seen again but we still think it's out there eating people even though it's shown yeah. no signs it reminds me of what does it remind me of like um not Pukwudgie. what's the what's the guy who cries because he's so ugly oh the uh the squonk squonk uh it's like that where it's like it's written about twice in close proximity and then like nobody ever talks about it again (laughs) until now and we're still talking about it but that is bizarre and like the fact that this was actually like real evidence of people actually vanishing is so sad like usually the stories are like oh you know like the the oil lamp story like oh it might just be kind of exaggerated but the fact that five people in like a child actually went missing yeah or the fact that there's uh, people have put newspaper reports of this gorilla man from a hundred years before have now said like oh maybe that guy's still alive and hurting people like it could it could be anything like people have branched out too far where now i feel like almost no answer right it seems almost like way less clear yeah (laughs) like the further out you get um people believe that the monster might be hiding evidence people also uh, turned to two different legends linked to the mountain. So now they're thinking, if it's not the monster, then maybe there's some other lore we need to be paying attention to. 
And that's where we get two different legends, really one legend um, from indigenous people. Uh, people have often said that there's a story linked to the Abenaki people. Mm. Um, but every origin I've found to this legend, and also Sersha has said the same thing, is that um, a lot of the legend's origins aren't really substantiated, and every source seems to come back to a non-native person writing right. about this in the 90s. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> just putting it out there, it might Super not difficult. actually be an indigenous legend. It might just right. be someone... Someone's decided to create one. Which someone is just this color, yeah. Beyond, yeah. Okay. The story is that there, all four winds, one north wind, a south wind, east wind, west wind, they all met at the top of a mountain and had a fight, and their eternal combat cursed the mountain, and people get confused by the wind up there and end up lost and never get home. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so it sounds a little puckwudgy, like it's sending you astray almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And Glastonbury Mountain is noted for its high winds and temperamental weather, mm. so that does fit the legend. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why someone had to maybe make up an indigenous legend. They could have just said, I don't know, it's really fucking windy up here. Because the 90s are wild and people decided they could suddenly put like, um, I mean, myself included, put like dream catchers up and shit. Yeah. You know, I feel like that was a time when um, we weren't completely aware yet of how inappropriate that was yeah you know i mean i'm including myself in that oh i'm including myself in that too i love to fucking dream catcher i know and it took me years to be like oh gosh imagine the people who like have one like tattooed on them or something i know i know that's got to be really tough like uh how but now you just turn it into like a really cool spider web or something you know yeah make it a spider web the kind that grows in the hell hollow or whatever right (laughs) deb the web put deb in there deb the web um so okay so the the winds are mad at each other and they confuse people Mm -hmm. and uh and it actually does fit the story because glastonbury is so windy in fact here's a here's a a a little factoid for you um the wind direction is so inconsistent on this mountain that all plants curve differently based on how the wind was blowing when they grew what the fuck isn't that fun that is bananas but also for a survivalist it's like you can't trust any leaf no true point i don't know where we're going i don't know um a second story is that somewhere on the mountain there's a mysterious this is a another in uh, quote 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 indigenous story okay okay um that somewhere on the mountain there's a mysterious stone that swallows anything that touches it and so if you're a lost hiker and you stand on the rock to get a good vantage point and like get your bearings you could be swallowed by the stone and vanish forever super <laughs> even worse the stone can allegedly move at will so you never know which rock is oh. safe okay great <laughs> okay i was gonna say somebody put up a little a little sign or something I but i guess not okay <laughs> um another theory your favorite ufos i figured that one was coming yeah it, it usually is and mm-hmm. in vermont it actually is the uh number two state that you're most likely to see a ufo I feel like maybe I've heard that only because I feel like I've seen like merch that has like a Vermont with UFO. Like, I don't know. Maybe oh, I'm really, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of our trip to Portland. I mean, we'll be there soon again. Shout out to our tour. But uh, I don't know. I feel like I kind of put that together somehow, but I didn't know it was number two. What's number one then? Uh, New Mexico. I thought that too, but it's Washington. Oh, okay. wow. It's interesting that they're both kind of like, Board, mm-hmm. like a border Canadian in some way and Canadian also <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that means like Vancouver and like Prince Edward Island or like the the hot spots in Canada 
listen, I've been to Halifax and uh, it's a weird place, but I didn't see a UFO. But, I'm still um, so jealous of you with Halifax. My mom and I, I actually said we're going to go on our own trip to Halifax together. You should. Uh, I still, Blaze and I still say like, can we find some excuse to go back there? Because like we went for his conference and it just happened to be our anniversary weekend. And I'm like, you need another conference? Is there a stay-at-home dad conference up in <laughs> Halifax this year? <laughs> I love that there might be a stay-at-home conference you have to go to. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, if places like that's not a thing, so stop asking. No, um, but yeah, I would love. You should do- totally go. I mean, and the fact that I know we already talked about this like years ago, but they have like a whole Titanic history. Oh yeah, like, I still have the they- newspaper you got me. Oh my god, that's right. Okay, wow. Anyway, it's a cool town, um, a cool, cool place. The second I'm going to Halifax, everyone will know. Don't worry. Oh, um, yeah. Well, I, I'll be just like awkwardly like FaceTiming <laughs> you constantly. <laughs> uh, so UFOs are said to be a theory. Uh, people have reported often there that there are unexplained sounds and lights in the Bennington Triangle, along with radio disturbances. Uh, it's led some people to believe alien abductions are the reason behind the missing people. It's also led me to believe that. I mean, it does not take much for me to believe in that either. I'm like, no. I'm like, well, <laughs> that, that not makes... a good barometer for that, I suppose. <laughs> in my mind, aliens almost make the most sense. Yeah, isn't that like scary when that's the? Conclusion? I'm like, am I in QAnon? Like, I'm like, okay? why all of a sudden am I Do like I so quick like to a, believe the fringe thing? Right, like a reality check or like <laughs> an inter- intervention. That's <laughs> when I just I try to have this conversation with my own girlfriend, and she gives me a weird stare down until I come back to reality. <laughs> I think that's when Blaze and Allison really are. Are our rock, you know, our I know. foundation. She has to. She has to find a therapist to just be like, I think I'm with an, <laughs> an unnervingly strange person. Oh, um, God. Uh, the God last theory is that there are Glastonbury wild men. Oh, whoa! Which is somehow different than the Bennington monster, who was also a wild man running yeah. around. Um. Okay. Same time period, the 1800s. Hunters reported, this is so fucking wild and inappropriate now, but hunters reported finding a redheaded man in the forest completely naked. And because of that, they shot at him. (laughs) They shot at him. Oh my God. Wait, and he was, sorry, in my head, I, when you said they found him, I assumed he was like dead. Oh no, he was like running around. Sorry? He was a redheaded naked man and they said that he seemed strange well because he yeah. had red hair i don't know because he's naked and running around the woods i mean naked I is weird but like that doesn't require a bullet no That's... certainly not you shouldn't just shoot at anything that strikes you as odd also right? i like, love that they were able to finally actually use their guns in their hunting group and shoot at a human being but they couldn't that might do it be with what the they fucking... were just looking for an excuse yeah (laughs) um they said he seemed possessed by spirits which yikes that means this person might just have a mental health crisis yeah yeah, he might have been having a menti b yeah i mean haven't we all um they shot at him and when he moved towards them this is how like fucking non-alpha male these people are are you ready they shot at him until he moved towards them to like protect himself and they dropped their guns and ran away so like okay. they were they were big and mighty until all of a the sudden only sensible he was thing like, they've done so far. I, I wonder if it's because he was naked and that's gay. But maybe like, <laughs> but maybe like, a naked man coming toward you. Yeah, maybe that's what ruffled some feathers. Yeah, I, yeah, just like you're down to use a gun until all of a sudden they fight back and then you run away. It's like oh yeah. Well. So did but he didn't get shot. He didn't get shot. And oh, also so- somehow he didn't get shot. They shot at him. He approached them to like 
say like if you want to do this let's do this i don't know i'm guessing he he, <laughs> he moved towards them in a threatening way and even though they had guns they dropped them and ran away which also to me is like the next part of this story is that the redheaded naked man should pick up their guns and chase them but whatever. well i was gonna say if they drop their guns like now he's an armed redheaded naked now man. he might need to be like handled like now i'm worried <laughs> now i'm worried yeah exactly <laughs> anyway this story was published in the new york times your brother is in charge of newspapers.com as yeah, far as i'm right. <laughs> concerned so if you'd like to learn more about that he can find that for us um people thought that the man was possessed and turned into some sort of supernatural monster who hunted people even though people were hunting him that seems okay. like quite a stretch too to be like i looked at someone and i decided that they have <laughs> Been cu- become a supernatural person who's hunting humans this like, is the closest uh, equivalency i've ever seen to like a man being like called witchcraft like a witch or something yeah like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's like well it's she like, had we a birthmark knew. and she yeah, called exactly and she called me ugly so she must Freckles be killed and red hair like are you kidding <laughs> what else could it mean <laughs> it's like okay so um yeah they just out of nowhere i wonder if it's because they got cornered and they were just making up whatever story they could come up with maybe I don't know. But in the 1960s, there's another story of a wild man out in the out in the woods. Uh, he allegedly lived in the caves and would climb down the mountain into town just to flash people and wave around a gun. Well, okay, here's this what I have like, to say about this. We're fully in like derailed territory. But see, now I'm sort of back on board because now I'm thinking. Because now you hooked me back in. You reeled me back in. Okay. Naked man. Okay. Connection there. Mm-hmm. He has armed himself. They dropped their weapons. He uh-huh. grabbed a gun. But then like 150 years later, he's back to still be naked and wave a gun around. I really did think you said five years, but you did say <laughs> 150. Okay. That it does... went from 1800s to 1960. So it's even past all the missing people. Understood. Okay. 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 So like, is Weird. there now like a, a copycat, like another naked redheaded man with a gun running around? <laughs> What's going on? it really makes i want to have more information for this you because it's so it, weird i feel like i had some logic going in my notes and now i'm just spewing random worded sentences so deeply unhinged like i don't know what is happening in this area but it's like not good the wild man because he was naked and redheaded and now looked like possessed sexually harassing people like what happened yeah yeah and now there's apparently another one 150 years later doing the also, same thing in order to flash someone i imagine you have to be wearing clothes first right to be like yeah, Flash. so so where did he find these clothes? Where, yeah. Are they the same are clothes they, for 150 years just being passed down from redhead to redhead? Hunting gear? Like, <laughs> where is he getting it? I don't know. Passed from, yeah, passed from his descendants? It, it's know. just odd. He, so he never physically harmed anyone, which I love that he is waving around a gun, has been shot at. Yeah. But he hasn't harmed anybody. He still freaks people out and is said to disappear back into his cave for months at a time. I would argue centuries at a time, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the stories about this wild man uh, sometimes are combined with the, the wind legends and oh, says okay. that the wind spirits drove him and others mad and possessed oh. them into protecting the mountain and being really and now like, they on live the in the mines and all this. Yes. So okay. the story is that they now protect the mountain are super like i don't know so if they ever see anyone who threatens them they like take them away and that's how the right. missing people disappeared okay okay in 1892 so a guy out there killed his own co-worker with a rock and insisted something invisible had told him to do it um so that's another thought oh that maybe he became God. a wild man when the winds confused him uh what year was that 
1892. He killed him with a rock? Jesus Christ. I mean, whoa. Yeah. With a rock. That's fucking hard. That's a rough, that's a that's rough. That's like go. an intense, yeah. Um, yeah. He escaped custody when being arrested and disappeared into the mountains. And <gasps> the theory is that he just became a wild man and is on the loose, which so now like he was out there from the 1890s, just maybe killing more people with rocks because the, did he have the, red hair? Cause I feel was like he naked. Oh my God. Can you this imagine is getting so weird? Can you imagine being naked at work and then killing your coworker? That's like, that's a lot of information. Like I would have just snuck on to work with him that day. I would have not gone to work with him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I mean, maybe. I don't know what was going on. Christine, if you ever show up to a recording completely naked with a rock, I, I'm just going to tell you to go take a nap. I'm going to be like, girl, you're you're really, the Menti Bees before this were nothing like what's going on. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, you know what? I'm not even going to. I feel like I'm losing, like, I feel like you're I'm correct. losing people in this story like i feel like the listeners have lost i feel like we've lost our interest. grasp on reality sort of and so it's every it sentence like... makes no sense i feel like i'm just it's like i just wrote it's like i had ai create random sentences precisely and then it like started to go you kept saying add another sentence add another sentence and it got like more and more derailed. i promise we're almost done so if people are losing interest please hold on because i i'm also confused <laughs> i also don't like it i i, I wish i had so don't understand i wish i had like more them. stability for you but i oh. i don't i'm let's just let's just get through it so okay. it became one of the many unsolved deaths near the mountain that uh that this oh sorry 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 that's a few down um so five years later unsolved um i heard a rock was involved but okay (laughs) i suppose we could call it unsolved okay so this co-worker killed his his other co-worker and um then ran off into the woods after escaping custody so they think he might have joined the wild men in the woods five years later a hunter nearby was found dead he was (laughs) shot and then dragged several feet and his loaded gun was placed beside him to make it look like he hurt himself ew people then started wondering how a killer would have snuck up on a skilled hunter with a gun in hand Who's, like, hunting other things, presumably. Yeah. And then why the killer wasn't even robbed, including his own gun. Or why the killer. You mean why the hunter wasn't robbed? Why the hunter wasn't robbed. Uh, It's a different kind of killer. I'm kidding. Don't don't yell at me, people. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I just was like, wow, Em, that's a bold statement. (laughs) Well, So so, why the hunter was not robbed. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Modern hikers have reported uh, that the mystery triangle in the area also has caused phenomena like compasses and gps systems to not work people get turned around all the time in the woods there are also strange voices that cut into music and conversations over the radio so when you're talking when you're walkie talking with someone in your camp people will just start talking that you don't know and then fade away isn't that fucking creepy as hell yeah i don't like that like so someone's listening one and they can interfere with your like radio line at will yeah some think ghosts and malicious entities lead hikers astray uh, until they have no hope of finding the trail again. There's also, of course, the local legend about a cult living on the mountain and killing people who discover them, which sounds very similar to the wild men theory. Yeah, just a, maybe a little more organized and they've got a leader. Yeah, exactly. Like they have to pay to be there, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they, they pay their dues, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, locals tell stories of occasionally encountering actual cult members in bennington when they come down from the mountain for supplies so they're flash people oh oh, 
well <laughs> I, I don't know if that's part of their initiation um, maybe it's their being hazed yeah but apparently they are really aggressive if approached and tend to threaten people so that does fit the story that there's wild people living out in the mountains willing yeah. to hurt people who come near their home yeah yeah i mean if that's true then yeah totally and then I'll end on this. It's just a random final theory that I'm sure kids tell around a campfire is that allegedly there's a door to hell on the mountain that opens up and draws people in. And that could cause the luring of people astray. I mean, it's not the weirdest thing we've heard today. So honestly, why not? And that is the Bennington Triangle. That was very good. Em. I don't know if it was very good. I even lost myself halfway through. I know. So I feel that's, like... That's saying something. If we're like totally derailed ourselves by the story it was, then I, i'm sorry to the people who like logic and structure and the stories because that just was not it you to didn't be get fair, it like you're here so you should have known but did you die you no you're here but did you die <laughs> uh also um there is a hair on your microphone that i keep thinking is on my laptop um it's on the side by the camera i don't know if anyone saw on youtube but like three different times i went like this oh <laughs> try and get it off the screen and then i was like oh my god that's on m's it was a cat hair. There's a lot of cats. That's why I thought it was mine. I was like, well, M doesn't have cats, but I guess you're in a different... I, I'm actually... This room, one of the cats is a, a big fan of, so... Um, <laughs> so I, I know exactly which cat it was. Anyway. Oh, boy. Thank you for trouble. telling me. I'm sure that was bothering somebody, except, like, also you, but... I mean, it was fine. It wasn't... You know, did I die? No. Um, did you die? No. All right, Emothy. I have a story for you today... That I requested um, from Sersha to to help me research because I have wanted to do this since, well, for a very long time. Um, there's oh. a couple of stories coming up that, for some reason, I felt were like nods to early episodes in which I said I would someday do these stories. And then as I was researching BTK a couple weeks ago, um, I kind of remembered these guys were mentioned and i was like oh shit i've been wanting to cover them since february of 2017 so oh my god here we are many years later um the first one i'm gonna do is harvey glattman he is also known as the glamour girl slayer or the lonely hearts killer oh my okay i've heard of i think i've heard of lonely heart (laughs) killer hearts killer but i think i'm just thinking of sergeant pepper lonely heart (laughs) band (laughs) Okay, yeah, good, interesting reference. I was gonna, I, I thought I knew where you were going. I didn't, because um, there are several types of uh, like a lonely hearts killer is also I think like a category of serial killer. Okay, um, and I'm pretty sure it's people who like seek out victims in classifieds or you know people who are looking for for companionship or romance become the victims Mm -hmm. if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like a lonely hearts killer they're targeting people who are lonely so here we go this is the story of harvey glattman so he was born in the bronx uh at the end of 1927 on the eve of the great depression oh thank god he came at the right time he came at the worst time (laughs) um when he was five years old this is just fun fact he had his tonsils and adenoids removed Mm -hmm. uh have you ever you had your tonsils taken out right i had they it sucked yeah i heard it what were you a kid or an adult no i was an adult when you're a kid it's not that bad but i was gonna say i feel like i've heard it's so much worse as an adult oh my god it's so much worse it's and you get fooled you get bamboozled because you haven't had your think oh all kids do that no 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 because they tell you it's gonna suck but 
they don't tell you it's like a 10 day healing process. And the first uh, four are kind of easy breezy. Oh, and no. it's day five that kicks your ass because that's when the scab forms or, ah! or for the last four days, the scab has been forming. And then on the and fifth now it's day, com- I'm going to scream it falls off and you swallow it. I mean, I'm stop. <laughs> it's literally like this. It's a big, and M? also when it's blue, because M? it's so because it's soggy from being wet. All right, I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> I think you need to understand. I'm actually really gonna show up naked with a rock the next time I see you. <laughs> it I really can't handle it, this. It, it. No, it's as disgusting. It's worse than you're even imagining because you feel it happen, and then uh, you it hope you it happens. Strep a lot. Like, why did you get them out? I literally, I was like, anything is better than not getting my tonsils out because I had horrible tonsil stones. What the fuck is that? Don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't. I literally can't handle any more information. Okay. A tonsil stone. You probably had one. People get them a little bit every now and then. It's like it's not like a like every now and then a tonsil stone will show up in someone's mouth where like it's just kind of like impacted food over time. Have you ever seen like one of those like white dots come out of your mouth when you press it? It smells like ass. No, I don't think so. So I had really. When you have tonsillitis, or at least I don't know if there's multiple versions, what I had though was my tonsils. If you looked in the back of my throat, it looked porous like a sponge, like there was all these holes. And so food kept getting trapped in them. And the only way, this is so foul, but I kind of secretly loved it. The only way to get the food out was literally sticking your finger in the back of your throat and popping it like zits and getting all the tonsil stones out of your throat. What in the literal fuck is going on here? (laughs) I like like pimple popping stuff. So I was like, oh, I want to see it come out of my throat. But like, it doesn't really bother me as much. They were like huge. Mm. They were huge. And it was like, especially if you ate like bread or potatoes or something that like could easily get stuck in little crevices. The only thing. I eat yeah great and for days it would just like compact on itself so then you had like this little ball of like old food and so when it came out of your throat it was just old food that was like beginning to like like, how big is it when you said like oh if it came out of your mouth like how big uh mine were always like the size of like uh like a tic-tac that's big yeah, they were bad. And they were all the there was many and often. That it was very bad. Big. And because I was always pressing on my throat on the inside, like I was Yeah, I'm sure was, that didn't fucking help. I was irritating it, so I was getting sore throats all the time because I was putting my like dirty fingers into like holes oh. in my throat. Like it was very bad. And so I was like, please get my tonsils out. Please take them out. Because otherwise if I didn't push on it, I could feel like food stuck in my throat, but That's... in the walls of my throat. So I couldn't even swallow and put it down that's horrifying so but so but it helped right like oh yeah i'm totally it, fine now i don't get tonsil stones anymore oh, um thank god but i remember like because I, I can't witness i can't witness it and survive to tell the tale i just know i can't it was crazy in college it was like so, like a sick little like thing i, I would do is like look in the mirror and just like pop all my like oh i thought you were gonna stuff. say it's like a party trick and i was like no um, no once again why I don't had... you drink beer like a normal fucking person <laughs> okay i know it's disgusting i know it's disgusting but i'm also one of those people who likes all the like gross like no that doesn't like that doesn't really bother me the the it's the it's a scab that really makes it me is they just um, I, a few doctors not... don't even really tell you about that part because they know it's disgusting and you just don't even want to know like a how lot... do you even say it with a straight face i'd be like <laughs> a scab the size of your entire throat is gonna fall off in your mouth yeah um it's like uh, the the thought of that makes me really want to (laughs) vomit well so the reason day five sucks is when the scab falls off now your throat is raw all over again and so 
So all of a sudden it feels like horrible, horrible, horrible strep throat. Like probably the worst sore throat you've ever, 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 Because ever your had. entire throat is open and exposed and he- trying to heal. So I remember like day one through four, I was like eating like normal. I was talking like normal. I was like, oh, this is like such a breeze. They were saying it's going to be such a pain in the ass. And then one morning I woke up and I knew the scab had fallen off because like the- it really felt like someone had stabbed me in the throat a million times i just felt somebody out there go motherfucker because they probably have this coming up i know there's this statistically someone listening to this has this procedure coming up um i just i truly like i feel I guess like it's I, good you're warning them i think i just heard someone throw up actually so no. <laughs> yeah it was me okay because you're making me ill <laughs> i will say it was the best decision i ever made like in in hindsight it was totally worth it I mean, like, I got lasers in my eyes, and, like, that literally didn't feel like anything. And so, to me, this is just... Wild. Heinous. Um, anyway, did everyone like 10 minutes of me talking about that? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I mean, it's not funny at all. It's just foul and disgusting. But um, basically, I give you this bullet point about uh, having his tonsils removed at five years old. Mm-hmm. Um just as a way to say that seemed to be the only like health issue this guy ever faced, like the only. Oh, so he had a week chat- of problems. Right. Is that a phrase? I like it. Is it a week of problems? I don't know. I also came up with something else recently that I thought Wait, was pretty good. you came up with that? <laughs> Christine, stop. You just said it and then we're like, oh, you'll just figure out what it means. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I just said it. I like it. A week of, pro- you just had a week of problems. Christine! <laughs> I've never heard that before. Okay, I have another one that I came up with for me and Allison. I call us, um, I, I, <laughs> this, it's probably not even that good, but I think it's cool. Uh, I call Allison, me, Allison and I just a pair of let me justs because we are, whenever we're about to leave the house, we go, oh, let me just do this. Oh, let me just turn off. <laughs> oh, let me just oh, turn off. Let, let me just. That's. Put my- good and so every time we're doing that i'm like oh we're just a pair of let me just aren't we that's so real though like oh let me just go pee real quick oh let me just go grab my let me just get the keys let me just turn the lights off let me just let me just check if i have my wallet i don't i was like it made so much sense i was like oh we're just a pair of let me just that's really clever em i like that i'm so good thank you oh my god you don't even need to use words like contrived you come up with your own beautiful i don't need to use words bitch i'm just no (laughs) (laughs) you speak your own fucking language um Anyway, so I tell you this to say he was typically like a very healthy, I mean, I hate to use the word, normal child. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, had the usual stuff, chicken pox, whatever. He got his tonsils removed. But otherwise, his mom was like, no, like he was well adjusted. He was well behaved. And he showed no red flags mm. at first. Mm-hmm. So at three years old, uh, Harvey was in his parents' bedroom and his mom walked in and saw a sight that she didn't quite know what to do with. Um, oh, was he, he in, had, was he looking in the mirror and popping all of his throat sits? I mean, honestly, um, <laughs> <laughs> you could probably just insert that here. Yes. Um, okay. That is a troubling. He behavior. was being a couple of let me just or what? He was being a little let me just. So he had tied a piece of twine around his penis. Oh, my. And then attached the other end to a drawer. Oh, my. And was, like, yeah, yanking on it, right? Like in a sexual and way? Like to like to jerking off without using his so, hands? No, so it was almost like a, 
he enjoyed the pain of it like a oh. uh, you know but he's three so also it's like he probably doesn't really know like what he could he's just be exploring his body doing yes r- right and like it of course is normal for kids to do that um but this was just such like a very shocking thing for his mother to walk in on that she thought you know what maybe this is just him experimenting like i mean she handled it as far as i can tell from the research she handled it as well as any parent would right she's like okay i mean hopefully he's just experimenting and not gonna hurt himself and that's the end of it unfortunately that was not the end of it so when he was around 11 years old this was in 1938 uh his parents left him alone for the day and when they came home they saw that his neck was completely raw and bruised and burned oh my god and it seemed to be inflammation caused by rope burns whoa so, so he's, he, is he doing this to himself? He sure is. Yes. Okay. This is uh, some autoeroticism and uh, it's starting at a very young age. And uh, there was an episode about Harvey Glattman on um, the podcast show Serial Killers. And they mentioned that typically um, this kind of autoerotic asphyxiation, that kind of thing, that interest usually isn't peaked in at least traditionally young men until age 19 is like about the average which is a fun fact for you all um and i guess one theory that they put out there was that perhaps when he was playing with string as a little kid like Mm -hmm. maybe he had like cemented that kind of fetish without realizing it at a young Mm -hmm. age by playing with like rope and twine and then it kind of escalated really quickly. And by age 11, he was already full blown, you know, so perhaps that's what happened. But either way, you know, it's a jarring thing to come home, find your 11 year old, like having, you know, tied a rope around his own neck. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of the, the beginning of when problems start to arise. That was the year they also relocated to Denver, Colorado from the Bronx. So when they relocated, Harvey, you know, being a preteen, he was really struggling socially. Um, he had an extremely negative self-image. He had pretty pretty average acne, just like any, you know, teenager might. But his father uh, caught him masturbating one day and told him that that would make his acne worse. Oh, fuck. So wait a minute. Why is that man with that woman who is like being sexually positive? And this guy is like, I don't know. And I don't know that she's even being sexually positive. I think she just saw that and hoped like, okay, let's just hope that doesn't Mm. escalate. (laughs) Like, I think she just said like, what am I supposed to do? Like, it's a three-year-old. But yeah, so. uh, Either way, gross on the dad's part. Bad move. Bad move. Like trying to like curb his masturbating, right? Like, you know, I feel like back decades ago, probably pretty recently even, it was very much kind of ingrained in you that that's a bad thing to do, especially if you're, you know, religious or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not surprised that his dad, but, you know, his dad probably thought, oh, I'm just doing like a harmless thing. I'll just tell him like, oh, this makes you sick. Or I mean, when I was little, like pe- my aunt told me when I pick my nose, like it's going to my nose is going to get longer and longer. Right. Or like, like you cross just... your eyes and it'll get stuck that way. Yeah, or... exactly. Exactly. So I imagine that's kind of the intention behind it, but it was obviously extremely damaging. Um, and so now on top of these urges he had, he felt responsible and ashamed about creating his own like acne, his own self image problems. Um, he was ashamed about his body development and, 
one source claims, I don't know how true this is, that he was somehow also told that masturbating was a sign of homosexuality, which then in turn also doubled down on his shame, you know, back in the day, Mm -hmm. at least about masturbating. Despite this, he couldn't really help himself, and he continued to secretly indulge in masochistic behaviors, um, which, of course, not necessarily abnormal or wrong, but physically dangerous nonetheless. I mean, you know, there are adults whose lives are accidentally taken by autoerotic asphyxiation, and let alone an 11-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's, you don't really know the safety technique behind, I mean... It's just a dangerous thing to do. Yeah, totally. So what he would do is he would typically tie a rope around his own neck and then he would loop it over an elevated pipe in the bathtub or a ceiling rafter in the attic. And then he would pull on the rope to (sighs) choke himself for pleasure. Okay, but Uh, talk about upper arm strength. Well, yeah, it's like that seems. Yeah, that's it's if one thing came from it, (laughs) you got upper arm strength, I guess. Good for you. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a, it's it's. I imagine it's a scary thing for your parents who, in especially in what well, what are we the thirties like, to to discover you doing. It's okay. also I feel like um, I don't know what the right thing would be, but part of me wants to be like, let's educate ourselves on how to do this without hurting ourselves or something. Like, but in the nineteen thirties, there was certainly no source material right. on that, and that's why I like kind of give the parents a little bit of a break because like what the hell are they supposed to do yeah. like you know they were taught something even more outdated and and mm-hmm. and backwards so like they're just trying to reroute him and like what you know they don't know and so even psychologists didn't know right so it's it's a uh, it, i imagine it was a really tough position to be in um and his parents were noticing that he was getting these injuries around his neck And one day they walked in on him doing this and were like, no, like that's enough. We're taking you to the doctor because they're like, something must be wrong. So they, the mom takes him to the family doctor who of course is zero help and says, and you got to give him, I guess some slack too. What are they teaching him in medical school about an 11 year old? It's it's like, I don't know where to even pinpoint the, the biggest problems here they're kind of <laughs> all over the place but the doctor said oh it's probably just a phase and he'll grow out of it and so okay. they thought okay well let's let's I hope guess. that's what happens <laughs> so she was concerned of course but uh the doctor just gave her some pills to give him which we don't even know what pills they yeah, were like sugar pills or like i mean don't touch your neck pills like I don't... cocaine or whatever they heroin get. yeah mercury yeah i i don't know what pills but he prescribed some unspecified pills and basically told the parents like just write it out this is probably a face so harvey is described as being kind of a scrawny guy with buck teeth and big ears and he was extremely self-conscious about his own looks. He struggled to make friends and he was terrified of girls. His mom even said he would cross the street to avoid walking past girls on the sidewalk. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, instead of maybe a more healthy coping mechanism, Harvey began channeling his inner turmoil into very intense anger and resentment toward women. Classic. 
Classic. So he grew resentful of women because of his own inferiority complexes. I mean, watch Criminal Minds and you'll get the idea. Uh, He started breaking and entering into women's homes at a very young age. I'm talking like 12 years old. He starts Breaking breaking, breaking and entering into women's homes. And he would steal small items, like not even necessarily anything valuable, just like lingerie, um like random stuff sitting around just as like a kind of a power move i guess or like a way to claim ownership over women wow at 12 that's crazy yeah yeah and he eventually stole a handgun and that's sort of when he realized like hey i could i could do this bigger and and worse well sure it was like the second that you were getting away with it with a smaller thing you have to what's it like you have to escalate escalate yes i mean at 11 he's already experimenting with autoerotic asphyxiation and now he is now he's stealing guns and underwear literally and so it just really escalates like you said so instead of being afraid of women now harvey kind of turned this into aggression and uh he became bolder uh because like you said he got away with it and he escalated once again to stalking women instead of just like breaking into their empty homes Hmm. so it was said he would sorry let me say that again it was said that even when he was out walking around if he like bumped into a woman he would just even be an asshole then like he didn't even apologize if he like shoved a woman by mistake or like i mean not many guys don't i guess but like <laughs> like you he know, was like, like an very, incel in the making yes yes like very intentionally harboring like like he would call feelings. women females for sure right precisely <laughs> yes so finally like I said, as a young teenager, like 12 years old, he escalated to stalking women home, breaking in and attacking them. He would force women into their bedrooms where he would tie them up with rope, gag them and then sexually assault them. And once he reached high school, uh, he was still struggling socially. But then on the side, he was doing these heinous activities Mm. uh and somehow still managed to do well academically so you know if you think about the parents it's like oh good like he might be kind of awkward at school but he's getting good grades yeah they're like well he's he's checking all the boxes that we were prepared to worry about right like it doesn't necessarily i mean obviously if they had known what he was doing in his free time but Everything else seemed perfectly normal. Um, He even participated in extracurriculars like Boy Scouts. And interestingly, that is where he had, uh, I guess that's where his fascination with ropes and knots deepened. I was literally about to say earlier, I was going (laughs) to say, like, could could it have started earlier because he was like in in Scouts or something? Yes, that is also a theory that he was learning a lot about ropes he had perhaps already cemented that sexual fixation as a child not even meaning to obviously and now kind of getting to interact with ropes and learning how to tie things and that is probably a big part of it yes so he also enjoyed like pretty average normal hobbies like photography he was a paper delivery boy like nothing that unusual but in the off time in the in his free time he was continuing these like heinous stalking and assaulting crimes 
at like age 13. I mean, he's a young kid. Was he like fully like essaying assaulting people or like just hitting them or like what was do we know what I think type it, of assault? I think it really varied and I think part of the reason we say sexually assaulting is because there was such a range okay and you know one of the I, I'm I'm trying to get better and Saoirse made a note of this too like I'm trying to get better at really understanding like the nuances between the different terminology um and so i don't i i do know that it's it's pretty clearly stated that he at this point was sexually assaulting women i know one particular case um where he like masturbated while like having a woman forcibly tied up um you know things like that ranged from that and is all over the place all over the place and and you know part of it is too i imagine in the 30s they maybe didn't so specifically differentiate or specifically name it um for what it was so we don't have all the details maybe to make it clear which level it was but at this point we do know at the very least he's sexually assaulting women repeatedly um and at another point during this sort of ongoing hobby of his he stole another gun and that's when he began targeting women in the street at night and he would force them to take their clothes off uh at gunpoint just to humiliate them Jeez, yeah and he would mug them at the same time so he was taking money and then humiliating women um and this was kind of his mo so the police kind of caught on to this pretty quickly Mm -hmm. um in may of 1945 police caught him at age 17 breaking into a home uh he had a handgun and a rope with him he actually also side note fun fact not really he was known to carry a length of rope with him through his entire childhood which you know like looking back it's like oh god but at the time i mean he's a kid in boy scouts and he has some rope on him you don't necessarily think like too I, much about it i would have thought like oh you must be in scouts and you're practicing knots or, exactly exactly yeah i trying to get or your like, badge you're learning magic because there's a lot of rope tricks. right like, right right like right. there's got to be a reason for why that's just like or but it feels even weirder to know that maybe he just wanted to like put his hand in his pocket and feel it you know like and just have it yeah yeah just yeah. have it yeah it was almost like he 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 carried it with him um at all times whether he was like at school whether he was just at home doing homework or of course whether he was breaking into uh homes i wonder if and... it was to make him like feel like he was in control because if mm. something went wrong he could always use it against somebody like a token or like a amulet like some sort of like power like a, like a, wep- a weapon of sorts like a right to feel like he's prepared for for be prepared that's what they say oh god yeah i didn't even (laughs) think of that yikes so police caught him breaking into this home with a handgun and rope um and when they questioned him he like pretty immediately admitted to several other robberies but of course left out the sexual assaults so he was only charged for the robberies and his parents paid his bail to keep him out of out of jail so a month later he really couldn't stand quitting for that long uh a month later after he was uh let out of jail he abducted a woman tied her up drove her out of town and assaulted her Mm. but then he let her go and in fact he actually went so far as to call her a taxi and okay she got in the taxi they went their separate ways 
fortunately, he let her go. Unfortunately, he learned pretty quickly that he could never let his victims go again. Mm. Because she immediately, of course, went to the police. And when she saw his mugshot, because remember, he had been arrested for robberies before, she said, that's the guy. And he was once again arrested. And despite this and the multiple arrests, uh, Harvey graduated high school with good grades and was a model student. Imagine being like a teacher and like knowing his record and being like, what is going on with this guy when he leaves my English class? Like, where's he going? It's reminding me of when BTK would, you know, stalk his teacher outside her her bedroom at night, also with a rope. Hmm. But like nobody knew that, right? Like... In this case, they know he's doing these things. Like, they know he was arrested for sexual assault. They know he was arrested for burglary, robbery. And he's still in school. So it's... it's That's so wild, because in today's bizarre. world, it just... I don't... I feel like that wouldn't happen. Hope or not. maybe it would. I don't know. I just hope not. Yeah. But, of course, he's still struggling with other aspects of his life. And now that his predatory nature was exposed, uh, he began seeing a psychiatrist who assigned him what we now know is an outdated diagnosis of split personality. Okay. Because, once again, this is the 40s. Uh, we don't really know what that would have translated to in today's world. We can't, you know, assess him from from here. Uh But apparently Harvey was deeply resentful of his peers and believed that nobody liked him and everybody had it out for him. And his resentment just grew and grew and grew. And eventually he was sentenced to up to a year in prison for his crimes. And when he was in prison this time, another physician examined him and disagreed with the split personality diagnosis and said, I actually don't think this guy is suffering any mental illness at all. And he knows right from wrong. So big 180. Okay. And once again, we do not know. We can't right. diagnose him from here, obviously. So Harvey turned 18 in prison and he served eight months of his sentence. Upon his release, his mother took him and moved with him to Albany, New York, where he continued to stalk, rob and assault women at night. Um, he had a, a real gun that he had stolen, and he also had fake gun, fake handguns that he would use. And in one attempted assault, a nurse named Florence Hayden managed to escape. And that is how we have some of this information. So, oh, okay. Shortly after that, two more women that Harvey targeted also got away and reported the incident to the police. So now, even though he knows not to let his victims go on his own out of his own volition they're either escaping or making uh, making their getaway and reporting this to police and all of a sudden three reports come in of this guy and what he looks like and police are like cool we're on it so they arrested him obviously uh, again how many and arrests this is, a, is this now like three this or is, four this is the third um oh but God. he's now in in albany so he he was arrested twice in denver uh sentenced to prison and then so maybe it's a four you know it's hard it's hard to say i'm not sure if it's the does, oh this is the third it's a third does he ever say is there ever an interview where he's saying like i know what i was doing was wrong because like part of me feels like he still has some sort of like empathy for or sympathy for these people and like because he's like you know he he was calling that the only reason he'd stopped calling cops or calling cabs is because he didn't want to be busted and arrested again like i'm not trying to say he's like a good person i just i feel like there's like still like a weird 
naivete or mm-hmm, like a kindness mm-hmm. or like a well, young you're innocence on to something because with one of his victims he after sexually assaulting her had her lay in bed with him and cuddle and watch comedy movies and he just thought this was like an intimate moment they were sharing so oh my god there was definitely some wires crossed or at least a complete like refusal to acknowledge what yeah, sure. he was doing was fucked up. I yeah. don't know. And I do know that what, they, what they've what they said about him is that he did not want to kill people. That wasn't really part of, you know, his thing. Yeah. He wanted to sexually assault them. And then he learned the hard way, quote unquote, that he couldn't let them live or they would. Which is he wild. Was sort of like, like, well, I guess I had to kill them. There was no other choice. That's you wild know? that his options were just stop sexually assaulting or fine, you can sexually assault, but you also have to kill them. And he was like, I guess killing is the only option for me. I know. What? And you know, you know what's so wild is that BTK was sort of the reverse. Remember, he said, oh, I would never, I would never right. rape someone. Right. But he murdered children. Right. Yeah. So it's like, wow, you guys have a twisted sense of fucking yeah. morality or whatever you want to call it. It's but why yeah. I kind of. This is like so sick, but like imagine like a conversation between the two of them would be because they would have to like know. agree to disagree on they incredibly fucked think up things. The other one is a monster. Yeah, right? Like, right. Why would you want? Why would you get off on murdering a child? Well, why would you rape someone and then just murder them out of convenience? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's just totally wackadoo. Mm-hmm. Um, but because these three people managed to escape, um. He was arrested pretty quickly in Albany, and he pleaded guilty to sexual assault and was sentenced to five to ten years this time and was transferred to a maximum security prison in New York. He wasn't even, like, on the run after these things. He would just go home to the address that the police already had on file for him? Correct. Oh, God. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, this time I feel he like he's moved... not thinking it through that, like, this is bad. I feel like he keeps... I mean, he's literally, like, 18. So it's like, oh, yeah. what do they say? Like, your fucking frontal lobe isn't even formed yet. Like, it's a teenager, which already the decision making you have to question. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, all this illegal and horrible assault yeah. and shit. It's like, well, this is just a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. So... In prison, Harvey was once again evaluated by mental health professionals, and this time he was diagnosed with antisocial traits, psychopathic personality, uh, sexually perverted impulses, which, again, the 40s, sexually perverted meant a totally different thing, you know, especially when it comes like medical terminology. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure for a long time being gay was a perversion, right, Mm -hmm. like in the books. So just one book. Um, just one, just not- one book. Actually, I think a lot of <laughs> a books. lot of books, a lot of books. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like we just don't know. Like three different doctors have already diagnosed him with multiple different things, and have all contradicted one another. We don't fucking know what the deal is. But either way, Harvey was a habitual offender against women, and that much we do know. Uh, in prison, just like he had in high school, interestingly, he followed all the rules and he excelled and. The prison guards loved him because he just did what they said, and he was a grade A prisoner. And so, when he was twenty-one years old, he was paroled. So I feel like behavior. I feel like was he? Yeah, I feel like if there aren't women around, of course he's going to have good behavior because right, the the people he wants to hurt aren't around. And also, I'm sure there's something there about like the male gaze of like like having men think you're great and wanting to kiss up to them, or like feeling like you're. 
like they are scarier and stronger and more dominant and so you can you yield faster or i, I don't know like and it always it seems like he it was always able to blend in in that way even when he was socially awkward he was at least getting a's he was in extracurriculars he was in boy scouts yeah so like even before he knew like oh i want to I want something out of this. I want to get out of prison. Like he always was following the rules and like sticking to societal norms, like within those boundaries. So it's kind of weird. It it almost, to me, I can see why back then somebody would have said split personality because it seems almost like during the day, you know, only around men, he's shockingly not a sexual abuser. Yeah. 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 And what did uh, BTK call it? Like factor X, like, Oh, "Oh, it's not me. It's like a totally separate thing, you know? Right. And so I'm sure that was probably part of it too. Um, But either way he was paroled because he was such a good boy in prison. Um, Mm -hmm. And he was released to the custody of his parents once again. And he moved back to Denver with his mother back to their family home. So per the conditions of his custody, he also had to get a full-time job and remain in contact with the court system. And he was subject to inspections for four and a half years by his parole officer. In 1952, which would have been four years later, Harvey's father died from uh, complications related to diabetes. And this made it really hard on his mother. She Mm -hmm. had to kind of um, suddenly foot all the bills, suddenly make, you know, put food on the table for her and her son, who she was in charge of now. And because Harvey was at the end of his parole conditions, he decided he was ready to move out of his mom's house and kind of get out from under her wing. So he had so far managed to put a pause on stalking and attacking women during this period where he was living with his mother. Okay. Uh, he didn't even break and enter during this time. Like wow. he just bare minimum. Paused. Good job, man. I know. Wow. A I plus. didn't even rob anybody. <laughs> Blue fucking ribbon. And we're all so proud of you. We don't know if that was because he knew like his parole officer was watching. We don't know if that was like living with his mom and losing his dad. Like we don't know why, um, but who cares? He just stopped doing it. And unfortunately he started up again in January of 1957. Mm. He is now 30 years old and he decides he finally has this freedom. He finally gets to do what he wants. He's not under the thumb of the court system and he moves to Los Angeles. So it was in Los Angeles where Harvey ultimately escalated his crimes from just sadism and sexual assault to murder. Mm. Like I said, he had done some extracurriculars in high school as a perfectly normal little boy, and he got back into photography in L.A., right? And that seems to be like a fitting lifestyle choice if you're moving to L.A. in the 50s. I and if you have some, like, uh, adjacent voyeurism abilities. like. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. And so it was like the perfect cover, like the, yeah, like the perfect hobby, quote unquote, to take up for him. He advertised himself as a legitimate professional photographer seeking models. And he told them these would be sexual, but fully clothed photo shoots for pulp magazines. So he would basically tell women, I work for a pulp magazine and they're, you know, Basically, I don't know if you've seen these kind of photos from back then, but like they would have women kind of in like a in bondage sort of and Mm -hmm. and they'd be but they'd still have clothes on like they weren't in the nude. But this was just kind of a thing. This was the 
this was one of the things back then in in the magazine in the dirty magazines Mm -hmm. so he tells models hey we're gonna do this but don't worry you can be fully clothed um but i am gonna tie you up and it's just a photo shoot for the magazine i work for in august of 1957 He reached out to Judy, whose full name is Judith Ann Dahl, and she was a 19-year-old model who lived with two other young models in L.A., and the three of them were really close and helped each other find work as often as possible. She was estranged from her soon-to-be ex-husband and was very overwhelmed by the stress of a messy divorce. And on top of that, her soon-to-be ex-husband was also trying to take sole custody of their 14-month-old daughter, Susan. And he had actually come to her home and taken Susan while she was working and left a note saying, like, I'll see you in court. So she's in, like, just utter turmoil, and her ex has taken her baby, and she is low on funds and just trying to make it and trying to get out of this messy relationship. So she's trying to make some money to fund her legal battle and prove that she could support her daughter. And because she was a beautiful young woman and modeling was all the rage, uh, she was able to get a good amount of money modeling, doing gigs in L.A. Okay. So when she hears from Harvey, who used the pseudonym Johnny Glenn, uh, he seemed perfect classy perfectly normal perfectly friendly he actually came and met her roommates and they all said yeah he seems like a great guy and he takes her to his studio for the photo shoot Uh oh he had actually outfitted his apartment to look like a studio and uh he basically claimed the shoot was for this detective magazine and she had to be tied up and kind of look like a, a, a what do you call it a distress a maiden in a damsel in distress oh um and that was kind of the vibe like oh just look scared i'll tie you up so (laughs) he ties her up and gags her Uh oh and of course now he has her exactly where he wants her and uh he turns and when he turns back he's holding a gun and at (gasps) first she's confused she's like wait is this part of it like is like, it a what? prop is that like right is that a prop like what is going on here but very quickly she realizes no no her life is in danger he rapes her multiple times at gunpoint uh oh, and God. then he forced her into his car uh drove her out to the desert and strangled her with rope hmm. and he left her body there and and he thought leaving her body out there he said no one will ever find her it's so remote. Of course, it's not quite what happened. So, like, down um, the fucking street. I mean, Judy's friends and roommates were like, hey, where the hell is Judy? Also, we literally uh, met you. Like, that's wild that he didn't have, like, yeah. a, a disguise. He did that or... often. That's almost so cocky. So cocky that you can get away with it. And he like, was he getting away with it. he has multiple mug shots out there, right? It's so not like, wild. oh, there's no photo evidence of him anywhere. Like, the police, I mean, at least in Albany and Denver, have mugshots of this guy but yeah i guess a fake name is all he needed Hmm. so judy's friends and roommates of course immediately get concerned when she doesn't come home um and of course because she is a beautiful young woman uh this is a very compelling news story and journalists are putting this story on the front page along with her missing case and when her ex-husband was quickly ruled out uh detectives were like okay we'll look into this johnny glenn fella 
But there was just nothing they could do. Like, even though... Well, so his name was had, fake. Like, they couldn't even look him his up. His name they, was fake. Exactly. And, like, they didn't really have much else to go on. So, of course, Harvey is like, great. At it again. And he next pursues, this is why he has this name, ads for singles of the Lonely Hearts Club. Uh-huh. Uh, he joins this L.A. club where people who are seeking companionship, um, you know, put themselves out there. And this is where he arranges a blind date with 24-year-old divorcee Shirley Ann Bridgeford. And Shirley had uh, two sons under the age of five. She really wanted to date someone who was serious about a relationship and becoming a parent to her kids. And when she heard that Harvey, who was now using the name George Williams, wanted to take her out for a date, she was very excited, very nervous, and she arranged for him to pick her up at home where her mother, Mm. her two sisters, and her brother-in-law all came to meet him and sign off before. Oh, my God. So he is seriously pulling off this, like, good boy, like, following This is almost weirdly, like, it's... It's like so stupid. It just might work. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, it's like, like outrageous. He's meeting the entire extended family. I feel like I just watch a lot him. of Law and Order, and I feel like if they had someone who was just showing up everywhere with his face, so obviously, in like how is how is he not being caught? This is cr- I mean, it's it's pretty wild, and I I I don't know. I imagine being in L.A. probably helped because. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was just a looser place in the 50s, you know, and yeah. like, especially in a world of like free of like um of gigs, like gig work, like photography and modeling. I imagine there's just a lot of like moving parts, moving people, um, fake names, too, mm-hmm. probably. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure. But it, it, whatever he was doing, unfortunately, was really working because all of them, all of her family said, this guy seems legit. George, nice to meet you. And she got in his car and uh, he took her on a date. So in the car, the plan originally was to go dancing together. But in the car, Harvey said, hey, why don't we go out for a dinner and take a little drive instead? So she says, I mean, all right. And he takes her to the desert. And (laughs) that is not the the, the kind of Of all the locations in Los Angeles, if someone said, let's go for a drive and they took me to a desert, I'd be like, turn (laughs) around. You missed something. Forget it. (laughs) Where's the view? I was going to say that the the Americana is back there. The movie, the AMC (laughs) is back there. I don't want to leave any further than this. So he took her out to the desert. And of course, at this point, she knows Things are not good. Um, he rapes her at gunpoint. He forces her to pose for photographs, mm. um, which is just deeply troubling to me. And uh, then he strangled her to death like he had with Judy. And he took photos of that as well. So oh he, my God. And interestingly, I learned something which I did not realize. And i kind of embarrassed I didn't know this. But I guess there are two forms of um, – so you know how you say like, oh, a serial killer takes a trophy home? Mm-hmm. I guess in this case, it's not a trophy because a trophy is actually meant as like a brag, like to show off what you've done almost as like a, like a ha ha got him. Yeah. But this is more something for his own like secret pleasure later. Like he wasn't going to show, show this to anyone or share it, um, which I guess is a different thing from a trophy. So I didn't realize that, but fun fact for you in the worst way. So Shirley's family, of course, report her missing and are like, 
um, this guy named George came over and took her on a date and she never came back. And police are like, well, that sounds a whole lot like our friend Johnny Glenn. So <laughs> ding, ding, uh, ding, 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 ding. I think we're, we're putting this together. Um, but of course they have no way to track them, track him down. Like there's just nothing they can do with these fake names. And so they suspected all they could do is suspect he would kill again and wait until he did. And that is exactly what happened. So this time, Harvey targeted another model, 24-year-old Ruth Mercado. And Ruth was born in New York. She had served in the Women's Air Force uh, before she was honorably discharged and relocated to California. And people described her as kind and reliable. She was hustling out there. She was trying to make it in the film industry. But as a Mexican woman, she had dark hair, dark complexion. And at the time, you know... Mm -hmm. it's probably still definitely still you know the industry is prioritizing light-skinned blonde women and so at the time she was not considered an all-american girl in the traditional sense that you might see as you know in in a modeling gig oh yeah so she was struggling she was trying to make it as an actress and uh you know uphill battle and so to support herself she modeled on the side and she found pretty good success in the modeling world And when she heard from Harvey uh, under an assumed name again, uh, I don't know what name this time. I can only imagine it's Bob Smith or something (laughs) stupid. Uh, He entered her house under the pretense of a photo shoot. And like Judy and Shirley, uh, Harvey raped her, forced Ruth into his car at gunpoint, photographed her in the desert and then strangled her. So he's found himself like a pretty solid MO at this point. Yes, 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 yes. It's like, it's all kind of, condensed into these steps now yes with the desert the drive the car everything so harvey this is disturbing and maybe goes to what you were saying about like what is going on in his head uh he later said he really liked shirley and he tried to talk himself out of murdering her but he just couldn't manage oh my god like couldn't manage they couldn't manage to talk himself out of it out logic himself yeah like he had the urge or like I think it meant, yeah, that's true. It's not totally clear. I'm pretty sure it was more like, well, I just couldn't think of another way. You know, I couldn't convince myself of any other way to like spare her life. I just knew I had to do it. Is is the at least the? I don't understand how an option is to just like not do this to people. I don't understand how like I know they've decided like, well, I'm backed in a corner. It's like you're literally not. It's like you walked into that corner, you idiot. Yeah, Yeah, but you created the corner. It's this like compulsion, like this like, ooh, I, I don't know, I don't know something hopefully we'll never have to understand you know so some time went by before ruth's landlord noticed her mail was piling up um and when he let himself into her apartment he found her dog and bird nearly dead from neglect Uh, thankfully they survived but of course that's horrifying um ruth became another missing persons case with absolutely no leads because this time there wasn't like the whole family to, to right. meet george before so, like there was a handsome. line of people that like yeah. showed up to shake his hand right and even then they didn't have a lead but so now you know they definitely don't have another lead and so all detectives can do is note how similar this case is to to judy's but they still have nothing you know they're they're sure at this point judy and shirley are dead they assume ruth must also be dead and of course because this is what they do he kept on going 28 year old lorraine vigil had just signed on with a modeling agency in la and apparently she decided this is a kind of weird intersection of his of his like serial killer 
names or MO because she was very lonely and decided to start modeling as a mm-hmm. way to like meet people. Okay. And so when Diane, who worked at the modeling agency, uh, reached out, she said, okay, just a heads up. There's this guy out there uh, using fake names <gasps> and murdering women. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. And she said, Lorraine, just be alert. You know, this is a scary industry. Don't, if like, trust your gut, don't, you know, don't get abducted yeah. by this crazy man. So, of course, she gets a call from Harvey. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Frank is now his name. Oh, oh, okay. My mistake. So, Frank arrives to pick Lorraine up and she says, Can you show me an ID? Good for her. To confirm, her. To confirm your identity. I know. But of course, Harvey, being ever so cunning, uh, makes up excuses about why he doesn't have one with him. And Lorraine gives in to her sort of like polite side or her, you know, uh, I need money side or what have you. Uh, and when it went against her gut judgment and left with him, got in mm. his car. So they were supposed to go, interestingly, to Diane's the woman who called from the modeling agency at her studio to do a shoot. But pretty quickly, um, Lorraine realized something was wrong because Harvey, AKA Frank tells her there's a change of plans. We have to go to my studio instead. So now she's thinking, Oh God, I already had a bad feeling about this. Yeah. And now he's saying we're going to his house or his studio. So she said she noticed that, things were really wrong when he began speeding down the highway like really fast and she thought shit like this guy has bad intentions and he wasn't answering any of her questions oh that's yeah oh my god terrifying i can't even imagine terrifying just sitting next to someone who's who's just like speeding the car away from any safety you can tell that you're freaking out and isn't Mm -hmm. like reassuring you yes exactly it's just ooh. so she, at this point, she's even considering, like, can I mo- jump out of the car yeah. when Wait he slows for, down? at a red light, get out, yeah. Yeah, is there any way for me to get out of this? Um, but before she could, you know, figure that out, Harvey abruptly pulled off the road, claiming he had a flat tire. And, of course, he did not. He jumped out, brandished his gun, and told Lorraine he was an ex-con who would kill her if she didn't cooperate. Ugh. So at this point, she has no choice. Um, he ties her up with both hands, and she kind of realizes, wait, he's tying with both his hands. He's not holding his gun. Mm, good girl. I know. So she turns to try to take it from him, and he goes to grab it. They begin struggling for the gun. Harvey's cussing at Lorraine. She's sobbing, of course, and the gun goes off, and it shoots her in the thigh. Oh. Fortunately, just a graze. In okay. The, just a graze, but, you know, thankfully... It no femoral artery shit. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Nothing lethal. So it grazed her thigh. And this part also goes into the psychology, like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? He was somehow horrified that she had been shot. And he exclaimed, I shot you. Yes, dumbass. What What the fuck is going on? So at this point, Lorraine. <laughs> bamboozled. He's so I mean, fucking bamboozled. bamboozling. When you said earlier, like, hey, what's his thing? I'm like, don't eat. I don't. 
don't ask me that. That really does feel again like an eighteen year old who doesn't really want to do this part, but like feels like he has He's like, to. No. It's like I mean, what? I got you with a gun that I was holding against you. I didn't mean to hurt your leg. Like, okay, I was just gonna strangle you to death. I mean, if, if I were if I were with somebody and they act that surprised that they shot me. I would take that as permission of like, oh, this guy doesn't want to shoot me. Now I'm going to kick his ass. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So basically she did take that moment. And she was like, good. okay, this, this is my fucking moment. And she bolts. Good she has been shot in the leg, remember? Okay. But she, I love women. Bolts. She... I know, I know. And it's like so horrifying that the world is this way and continues in a lot of ways to be like this. But, oh my gosh. I mean, so she, fucking runs for it and harvey chases after her <gasps> and actually like out of a horror movie like tackles her <gasps> to the ground oh my god and now they're wrestling again and lorraine manages to pull the gun from him and just right as this is happening a highway patrolman happens to be driving thank past. god i know it's like the thing you always wish would happen in a movie like this but never does well um, it does happen in a movie and then you find out that he's the accomplice oh right true like, <laughs> yeah yikes okay thankfully that's not like this at all so the highway patrolman is driving down the road sees them struggling and pulls over to intervene so lorraine is able to break free thankfully run to the to the officer and she tells him harvey was trying to kill me um hands this officer harvey's gun because remember she has gotten her right. hands on it and so <laughs> he's fucking screwed he is arrested yeah. immediately um there's nowhere for him to go she has his gun now the police officer has his gun and pretty quickly he surrenders and he tells the patrolman when he asks uh that he wasn't sure, and this, again, bamboozling, he wasn't sure whether he planned to rape Lorraine, but he might have. I feel like so that's that, the closest thing to a lie he was able to, to concoct. It's right? like, it's we like, what kind know of exactly what your plan was. Well, exactly. Like, you absolutely were planning to rape her and also, on top of that, murder her. So, nice try. Yeah. Um, But, of course, Lorraine, um, well-deserved, became, like, this sensational story of, of you know, heroism. And she tells reporters that she knew something was off about Harvey, but she kept reassuring herself that, you know, no, she was probably overreacting. So, you know, that's when you get gift of fear given to Becker. You know, the whole I whole was night, waiting the whole for it. I know, I know. See something, say something. Had to be had to be said, but man, that gut, that instinct, that reptilian brain, that lizard brain of yours is uh is is pretty powerful. So mm -hmm. uh, you know, listen up. So she later said, I did not become alarmed until we entered the Santa Ana freeway and he began driving at a tremendous speed. He wouldn't answer my questions or even look at me, oh, which so chilling. Oh, I got goose cam just saying it again. And of course, that's when she began jumping or considering jumping out of the car, um, didn't get the chance to and then made her brave escape. So in custody, Harvey tried to convince authorities that his attack on Lorraine was just totally impulsive and it was not premeditated whatsoever. But as he went over how and why he decided to attack her, it became pretty fucking obvious that uh, he was very experienced, unfortunately, in abductions and assault. And they were like, OK, this is not a one time thing with this no, guy. Not your first rodeo. Not his first rodeo. So they hook him up to a polygraph and ask him about Ruth and like a fucking child immediately he comes clean and panics and is like yeah you're right i did it 
And all of it feels childish. I mean, even when he shot is. her and he's like, oh no. Like, and it's like, or it feels so childish. Or like when, when the cop showed up and all of a sudden he like didn't even know how to lie. He was like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I might have. Like, so uh, yeah, the second they're like, it's a lie detector, he's like, oh no. You know, I, I yeah. mean, he really. He still has like a child's brain. It, like, yeah, that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. And he's in his 30s at this point. So he panics, he comes clean, and he actually thought the police had already searched his house and discovered the metal <laughs> toolbox where he kept the photos of oh his previous God. victims. But so he fact, just said it? He, they, in fact, they said, I'm sorry, you're what? And, uh, and then he was like, I, I don't know, again. <laughs> basically, yeah. And they said, okay, well, well, I guess we'll go find it. So they did so he thought oh i'm foiled they've caught me and he told them everything they he said i i killed ruth and i killed shirley and judy and they were you already knew that and they're like no but you already saw the toolbox in my basement it's like wait what yeah so you know of course nobody had discovered this yet but now they knew what to look for and they did quickly uncover his photographs along with his items that he had stolen, like underwear and other mm. things that I in the past would have said were trophies, but I guess are now like, I don't know, mementos. Yeah. Um, and so he didn't seem like to answer your earlier question, remorseful about the crimes. Um, he basically said the same thing I've said over and over that he he didn't. He, he thought he regretted killing the women, right? He's like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do that. Right. But he almost felt like, oh, that was an inconvenience rather than like <sighs> actually regret. You poor thing. Yeah, right. <sighs> and so he basically said like, well, I didn't have a choice. Like that's his logic, you know, like I could be identified. Last time I let someone go, they arrested me. So that's yeah. his Yeah, and then I logic. guarantee just in his own head, he's gone, that stupid bitch. What a yeah, bitch. Yeah, right, right, like, right. She betrayed me. We watched comedies together under the blankets. It's yeah, like, yeah. fucking twisted. So he, the only person he truly seemed to regret hurting was his mother, um, who, just try as she might, had really, had really tried to push him in the right direction, um, but was now devastated to learn of Harvey's still at crimes. It. Still at it. And her name was Ophelia Glattman. And she, as we can probably guess, has always downplayed how bad things were with mm-hmm. her son. Um, you know, despite knowing about the assaults on women because he had gone to jail for them and had right. pleaded guilty. Uh, when she found out about the murders, she was said to have yelled, oh, my God in heaven, not my boy. He was always so good. He never hurt anybody. Girl, so, please. like, there is definitely a uh, lying lying to yourself thing happening yeah, there's here. Yeah, there's a denial that I can a sense. A denial. Yes, that's the big word I was looking for. Definitely denial. Um, but, I mean, and, you know, she had one son. She Her husband has passed. Like, ugh. Mm-hmm. It's got to be guilt inducing to think oh i knew something was up you know you don't want to mm-hmm. admit to yourself i knew i could you know i could have probably said something or done something yeah like guilt um, yikes yeah yikes but of course there are photographs and there's no way she can talk herself out of this one like mm-hmm. no denying this one so harvey continued by leading sorry that's not a sentence jack so Harvey uh, went even further. He led police to the site of the murders, uh, and they were able to recover, fortunately, the skeletal remains of Ruth and Shirley. Mm. And Harvey was once again medically evaluated, and it was determined that he was not mentally ill once again and could determine right from wrong. Oh, oh. 
So okay. all of them are out the window, and now there's nothing wrong with him except... He's a, a serial killer. Yeah, except he's a serial killer. Uh, so Harvey not only accepted his guilt, he actually requested that he not be spared from the death penalty. Um, he, he requested that he be put to death. And he was on September 18th. 1959 and so do you feel like that was his last attempt at control though like i feel like he ended up just getting what he wanted that's a great point because like with richard ramirez who overdosed in jail intentionally overdosed and and took his own life and with israel keys it was more of a power move than anything else it's like if i'm gonna be here anyway at least i get to make the say if yeah it's not i i guess yeah i guess the more apt comparison is israel keys yeah like a like a now you'll now you won't know Mm -hmm. everything like i'm taking it to the grave so you're that could very well be it seemed like he definitely had a power struggle and and a lot of resentment toward his peers and toward women so he was executed on september although i feel like with israel keys it was suicide before he was executed hmm you know, I feel like the power, usually the power move is is like to die by suicide in right. these cases because you're like taking your own life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Psychologists? <laughs> weigh in. <laughs> weigh in. Jordan? <laughs> weigh in. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so he, like I said, was ultimately executed in 1959. Now we fast forward to 2008. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is nearly 50 years later. Colorado investigators announced they suspected Harvey in an unsolved murder of a Jane Doe whose identity they suspected was a young w- missing woman named Catherine E. Farrand Dyer. And when they looked into this and they announced they thought he was the suspect they were looking at, Catherine was like, um, hi i'm here i'm alive and well and in my 80s and living in australia and so they're like okay that's great we're so happy that you're alive and well but who (laughs) the fuck is a jane doe now we're back to square one exactly there's another person who's who's missing and an unknown and so you know they had to start over uh not start over but they had to really go deeper they had to go deeper go deeper and uh, the remains themselves had been discovered in 1954, having been abandoned and stripped of her clothes. And it matched, you know, the M.O. and the timeline of when Harvey was was running around. And mm-hmm. this is when he would have been living in Denver. So it, it matches the area as well. Uh, investigators actually believe that she might have, in fact, been his first ever victim. Okay. So eventually the Jane Doe was fortunately identified. There was this woman named Michelle Fowler who was determined to track down her missing great aunt. And she had never met her. Uh, Her name was Dorothy Gay Howard. And she had vanished when she was 18 years old. And so, uh, you know, fast forward to 08, Michelle Fowler is like, I would like to figure out what happened to this missing person in my family tree. And so she began cold calling women with her aunt's name in the phone book. But like time and time again, it was not her aunt. Mm -hmm. So eventually she came across this story about Jane Doe and she reached out to a local historian named Sylvia Petum, who said, why don't we do a DNA test? Fucking DNA for the win. Ah. Yet again. Yet again. Love it. So Sylvia, the, the local historian, had previously raised money to actually exhume this Jane Doe's remains. And that's how uh, Michelle like stumbled upon this whole story. And so uh, they took 
she had already taken the DNA test of the Jane Doe. And so now um, Michelle was able to take a DNA test. And, you know, at first uh, they were hesitant about it because uh, she wasn't, Michelle wasn't, but her family was because they actually all, all believed that Dorothy was alive somewhere. Okay. And they had sort of just hoped that like, she had left kind of maybe a toxic family relationship or to- yeah they still toxic... had the hope yeah they had the hope that like oh well things didn't work out but she's okay and she's happy, happy somewhere. and yeah, yeah 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 they didn't want to know the truth yeah so they were a little scared to find out um and so when they did the dna test it was in fact uh confirmed that it was Oof. dorothy that's rough and so one of them said, for just to give you an example, my dad died thinking she was going to come and see him again. Aww. There was just a lot of like f- fear of knowing, you know, the truth and having to deal with that. Yeah, and I imagine that was a very difficult time. And I also imagine it was probably I, I hope at least that it was healing in some way, you know, to like know the real story and to put her to rest. Um, but it must be shocking to learn she died at 18 years old and you've thought maybe she was alive this whole time. So that Mm. must have been very jarring. But um, authorities remain convinced that Harvey was likely Dorothy's killer. Um, But the lack of evidence, especially now that so much time has passed, makes it nearly impossible to really uh, determine whether he was the one who did it. But, you know, circumstantially, the pieces absolutely add up. And I wonder... I wonder, I mean, I'm sure they've looked into this, but like that toolbox of photos, I'm like, maybe he just hadn't taken photo, started the photos yet. Or maybe they were tamer. Like maybe he was only taking like abstract, like maybe like like of just like a body part or something or like of a rope or like of a piece of clothing, like something that was kind of, he definitely gives me the vibe that he thinks he's fucking deep and brooding. He is shit. Just like fucking poet BTK. Like, what's going on with these guys? You know he would have read the the poem and been like, now this guy fucking knows what he's talking about. I feel like he would have been like, this loser thinks he's an artist. Oh yeah, I could pictures. But look at my pictures (laughs) of this. They're both narcissists. Like, there's not room for both of them to be geniuses. That's a great point. That's a great point. (laughs) And that is my psychological assessment of the situation. You know what I would like eventually? I would like for you to write me another didn't you write me a poem recently was it for cryptid poetry slam oh you wrote you me know, something did you write me a poem probably someone, but someone wrote the, me a poem or was that a dream you had <laughs> maybe i just I'm really just want kidding. you to write me a poem <laughs> i mean obviously i'm getting the hint okay i only have no five that... months to the day no six months to the day it's january wait what, no whatever five you whatever you, you uh would write just know it would be better than btk uh, honestly, that is somehow reassuring and also Sad. somehow insulting. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying you could suck and it would be better than him. Okay, that's great. Uh, as long as it's not the other way around, I guess. Would I you like a poem or would you, what would you like in um, return? I'll, you will barter. You get me a poem and I'll get you something. I love a limerick. Maybe I wrote <gasps> you a limerick. That's ah! the next thing I would do. <laughs> okay, we could write each other limericks. That'd be great. There was a podcaster named M who kept poking at their own phlegm. Oh, shit. Oh, my Listen, God. Listen, I'm telling you. There's ah! only... <laughs> I, I, I'll have to think about it a little longer than... You really just fucking free-flowed. Like, Listen, like maybe... Like, Nicki Minaj? Are you I'm here? I'm a rapper. I don't know. Like, it's 2024. Anything is possible. Any... <laughs> what high hopes? Let's replay this one day when it's not January 3rd, and it's much later into the year. 
I okay. When you were like, anything's possible. I, Any, could be I a- know. Yikes! Big, 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 bold statement to make three days in. Um, but you know what? Patreon. We're we're actually currently adding a bunch of fun stuff, or like at least um, you know, tossing around some fun little new bits and segments. Maybe one of these days I'll f- complete the limerick and I'll videotape it, and it'll be I'll put it on Patreon. Yeah, we should, do, put it on Patreon. we should do a limerick contest, and people oh. can finish can finish the limerick for us. Okay, now that's fun. Okay, Patreon, do some work. Write a poem. There was a cryptid in Kentucky. Uh, her she name was Christine, was... and she was lucky. Uh huh. Okay. Something, 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 something about losing your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> but then finding it—that's the lucky part. So yeah. No, wait, wait. Okay. Let's do. There is a girl from. There is a cryptid in Kentucky who was always very unlucky. Yeah. Something, 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 something. She can never find her wallet. <laughs> Good one. Okay. <laughs> um, unlucky. She wallet ballin'. Ball, she waltzed wallet. in a store oh. and went right out the door, forgetting she. What was it? Oh wait, to it has with? to rhyme with Kentucky and lucky. Oh, doesn't it? Forgetting she or forgetting her identity. What the fucky? Okay. <laughs> sure <laughs> listen I, again i i i wanted to quit while i was ahead with that first half of a limerick and then not fuck up the rest um but I'll, i'm gonna come up with a good one i'm gonna i'm gonna finish it um but i do have two bullet points left so oh, 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 oh. sorry to barge back in on the sad stuff but um you know i guess it's somewhat redeeming that at least we know who this jane doe is even though we cannot necessarily confirm that um harvey was her killer at least we know uh her name and they were able to put their family member to rest so in 2009 uh, marlene who was dorothy's sister uh told reporters i'm sorry in a way that my parents never found out what happened to her but i'm also relieved they didn't find out how she died so i think there was a lot of like conflicting emotions about that And she also expressed her gratitude to the citizens of Boulder, Colorado, who had donated their own money to bury the Jane Doe and to put up a headstone. And she said, please thank them for taking care of her. They must be very nice people. And so that is the story of Harvey Glattman, the glamour girl slayer. I mean, Jesus Christ. Glamour girl slayer. It does sound like an 80s. It's like, like an slasher annoying, movie. Yeah, it's an annoying thing to say out loud. I um, always, I you know, when we first started this podcast, I loved when people had a nickname, and now I just don't want them to have it. You know, like, I know I don't want them like, to have earned it, it in some way. Right? It's like, well, they probably like having this. They fucking love larger it. than you life know. identity. Yeah. If we wrote yeah. a limerick about him, he would lose his mind. Which oh. is why I'm going to stick with the shifter. I'll talk. About okay, her. good. <laughs> like, let's not wing it because no, that no. could go really bad. <laughs> Wait, I think I have an ending. Oh, for what? There, there was a cryptid in Kentucky. Okay, I'm gonna fix the. I'll fix the um the syntax because it's a little off. Which what is it? I'll there hand. was a there was a there crypt- once was a girl in Kentucky or there. Sure, there once was a girl in Kentucky. Okay. Who was always very unlucky? Who felt she, she was what, always unlucky? Okay, thank you. What was the store door one? She went into a store, then went right out the door. Because she left her wallet at Bucky's. At Bucky's! Oh my god! <laughs> okay, we did it. And we your did it. 
fucking genius. Could you tell that when we wrote a book, Christine had to do all of my grammar edits? Because I, I... <laughs> But that's what I love. But then M added all the funny stuff. So it was like a perfect combo. It was like, <laughs> M's the funny one. And I'm like, you made... um, actually, that's not how you spell there. Not that I... you ever actually fucked that up. But I literally, I don't know why I never learned grammar. And the way that I speak is so grammatically incorrect. And I... It's not that. No, I don't think so. I think I my like pretty... my tone or my my tempo or whatever it everything is always a run-on sentence i mean i think that's probably normal for like i think that's normal i think i'm just again mentally unwell in a way that somehow only only gives me the gift of good grammar and spelling (laughs) like i think i think it's a just a a side effect of all the the bad parts (laughs) Well, anyway, everyone, I'm very glad that we finished our limerick. Bucky is if you're willing to put them now, on a shirt for good. us. I mean, that was good, Em. Uh, Brava. Like, yeah, yeah, I bet, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if anyone out there was like, you just said she went into a gas station. Bucky's is a store. With... No, I know, I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, I wonder if anyone was like, hello, Bucky's. Like, oh, I wonder if oh, anyone oh, else oh. put it together. But I sure didn't. So you really blew my socks off just now. Thank you. Okay, well, <laughs> next. Oh, are we going to? We're not going to be at a Bucky's anytime soon, are we? Okay, how about this? What? There once was a girl in Kentucky who felt she was always unlucky. She walked into a store and then right out the door, she had left her whole wallet at Bucky's. Yeah, perfect. So now we're going to. You have a cricket machine and I know you have a Bucky's koozie. Holy shit. Or no, you should get. A, you Oh, next time we're there, you should get like one of their little wallets at Bucky's and then <gasps> put that that limerick and put your cricket limerick ah! on there listen it's ex it's it's genius and also like i don't know about who felt she was always un- she was fucking unlucky thank you like she was always unlucky it wasn't even felt unlucky you're obviously with evidence unlucky <laughs> okay well it doesn't work with the syntax so you know what i'm gonna okay. find a different verb i'm gonna find a different who, verb. who everyone knew was unlucky oh that's good okay that's good. That's very good. Okay, That's very okay. good. Excellent. You're you're fucking nailing it. Thank you. Everyone, if you would like to uh see us live for some reason, you can Why wouldn't fi- you? <laughs> you can find us uh on tour by the time you're listening to this, we've already finished our first leg and I don't know how we did. I hope we did good. Um I Oh, you know what else is perfect about our limerick? Oh. Okay. Bucky's just opened their first Kentucky location and so I've been we can there. go together. Yeah, but like also the thing was about a girl in kentucky and they just opened a kentucky location i mean how perfect so it actually works now like story-wise it actually it's like it like the pl- there. there's no plot holes uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. Can, anyway, is it near you I, what yeah uh no it's like an hour and a half away so it's near you i mean yeah it's near enough like okay. let's fucking go exactly <laughs> but put an uh, air tag on me first just <laughs> no just i'm just gonna tape one to your wallet um just tape it to my body maybe i i don't know <laughs> if you would like to come see our show we still have some tickets left uh go to our website and that's why drink.com um and come see us live this is everyone's last chance at seeing our on the rocks tour before the fall when we have a new tour out so um come see us please and? we would love it even if we faint on stage that's <laughs> <laughs> why we drink <laughs>